All right, welcome. It's Friday night. This is Orion Rising. I am your host, Leonard O'Neill. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good morrow, depending on where in the world you are tuning into the show. How we doing, everybody? Welcome. Share this out, share this out, share this out. Friday night, the law of one. We do this every Friday if we can, right? We are on session 90 of 106, question number 19, question number 19, right? Share this out, share this out. I'm going to share this out as well. While you guys have the screen scrolling with the photographs on it, I can open another window. I'm using my phone as a monitor. I can also go here to the other uh, window here, and I can open it, and I can share it here quicker than I can if I'm doing it on my phone, which I use as the other monitor. So share this out. It's Friday night. Um, I wanted to report really quickly as I'm jumping around here. I wanted to report really quickly that um, the coronavirus cases inside the United States are uh, deaths are dropping drastically. There are currently 20 states in the United States who are reporting five or less deaths per day. There are currently 10 states that have had not had a single death in the last seven days, just so you know, right? So that's good, guys, right? Now, what they're not talking about, this is the only part of politics I'm going to talk about tonight because it's good news. What they're not talking about is a standard herd immunity that, you know, we've had however many millions of cases, you know, 12 million uh, cases in the United States or whatever it is, and... You know, we've only had 500, uh, and it's a bad number, 550 or 560,000 deaths. But all the other people survived it. Those are the ones that were reported, confirmed. And they survived it. So those people have the immunities. What they're, what they're not telling you is that the vaccine is not only the way to get the immunities. Anybody who's had it and gotten over it has immunities. They're immune to these viruses. And then they go, oh, it's way scary, it's mutating. Well, that's what the normal flu does. That's what the normal flu does. So you never get the same strand, but then there's other strands that keep mutating to stay alive. So what they're going to try and do is use that fear to keep you locked down. As soon as we get into the uh, middle of summer right here, we're going to have an upbring, uh, an uptick of cases. Why is that? Well, there's more than 100,000 people per day coming across the border. And according to the Border Patrol, just in one area, okay, so one state in Texas. So you have border states are California, Arizona, New Mexico, and Texas that border uh, Mexico. In Texas, they estimate that 40,000 people get by each, each month well, that they don't catch. And they're testing the, the people coming across the border now, trying to get them all tested, the ones they catch. And they're testing it like a 12% positive COVID rate. But they're still letting, letting them go into America without giving them a shot. So you're going to have that as, in and of itself. And then you have 40,000 people that, are, that didn't get caught. 12% of them are infectious. And they're being bussed all over the United States, not just staying in Texas, not just, and that's just in Texas. So if we take that average and say that we've got about 100,000 people coming across the border every month, it's going to be more than that. 
40,000 people are not caught just in Texas. So that would suggest that you have at least 100,000 people or more, 120, right? 160,000 people that are not getting caught. So let's just say 100,000 come in and 100,000 don't get caught. That's a low ball number because if it's 40,000 people in Texas, it's going to be 40,000 in Arizona, 40,000 in New Mexico, and 40,000 in California that aren't getting caught crossing the border. Maybe a little bit more in Texas because they have a bigger border than the other states. So I averaged it out instead of saying 40, 40, 40, and 40, which is, in fact, 160,000. I dropped off 60,000 people off of that to make it a rough estimate or an easy estimate, really tiny estimate compared to probably reality. So 200,000 people per month are coming across the border and 12% of them. Okay. So 10% of, of 100,000 or is, 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 you know, 10% of 100,000 is 10,000. So 20,000 people are coming across the border per month that have that are infectious with COVID. Okay, so if you if you say that's happening right now in March and it happened in February, March, April, May, June, so in July, we're going to have 20, 40, 60, 80,000 people come into the United States that's going to infect people in the United States. So that means just like last year in July, we're going to see a big spike in the number of coronavirus cases. Now, the good thing is that the lowball estimate of the amount of people that have uh, the herd immunity, not from a shot, is above 160,000 uh, people by far. It's what it's it's they're saying 160 million, possibly. I'll lowball that, too. That's the numbers that the CDC had, and those were the numbers that I came up with. It could be as many as 160 million people in America are already immune to the coronavirus by either just having it already in the last year and surviving it. Because if you look at the entire number of people, that are, the cases, and the number of people that have died, all those other people survived it. So they have antibodies. They are immune to it. That's how it works. That's how your body works. Okay, can you get it again? No, but you can get a different strand of it. Does that mean you'll get just as sick? No, because your body already has immunities to the virus that was there, and the new virus is slightly different, but it's also for a, a, an offshoot of the original virus, so your body adapts. You'll get the flu, you'll get the virus, but you won't die from it. The chances of dying from it are only 1% anyways, and that's only for people that are age 65, and they say even higher at 70 or 75, and up with pre-existing diseases. So, so the, the chances of people below 65 years of age that don't already have lung issues, your chances are about a half of a percent of dying from the COVID virus. This is all numbers at the CDC. So the good numbers are, the good thing is, we have 100 million people vaccinated now. And there's at least 100 million people already who have already had and survived. So that's 2 million, 200 million people out of the 360 million people in America. So even with an influx of 120,000 people that have the virus, it's not going to become a crazy-ass contagion that's going to kill us off because we're reaching herd immunity now. This is going to go away. You're going to have small amounts of cases, just like you do with the regular flu during the summertime. It's not going to go crazy and go insane, but you're going to have the flu pick back up again. As soon as it gets cold, so as soon as the winter hits, this coronavirus is never going away. It's just going to mutate into into a, a regular flu bug like every like every other flu. It already has. Okay, all the other flu bugs would kill people in the same category by the same percentage. You can look that up. I'm not making these numbers up. 
the difference between coronavirus and all the other flu bugs was the infectious rate was much higher. And the flu itself was a stronger flu. So it overwhelmed people's immune system quicker than the other uh, viruses would. Do you understand? So it's not as scary as everybody was painting it originally. Okay? And this is why I'm telling you this, why, why I'm talking about this on the Law of One. All right? It's not as scary as it would be anyways. All right? So that, those are the good signs, the good news of what's going on, right? Okay, so let's go ahead and share this out. Like I said, uh, talk to me in the chat so that I know you're here, right? If I don't know you're here, then I can't say hi to you. Um, so hold on, let me, I'm trying to get this thing to work for me here, and it's not wanting to work for me here the way I want to share it. So um, like I said, this is the law of one, and if you're here for the very first time, the law of one is uh, the LL research group is a group of people back between 1981 and 1984 that using um, using channeling channeling technique they tried to see if they could make contact with someone in the universe anyone to find out if there was life out there and they in fact did this is what's in the description they made contact with somebody who a hive mind complex an entire species calling themselves raw. And Don, the questionnaire, said, we have raw here in our history on our planet. And are you related? And they said, yes, we are that raw. We walked among your people. So, of course, that immediately spawned, you know, more channeling sessions. And they did, between 1981 and 1984, they channeled 106 sessions that were between 35 and 45 minutes in length. And that went on for 106 sessions, which made six books. And I have read all of them several times. Uh, and I decided um, almost two years ago now, or maybe it is, I haven't actually looked at the numbers again. I think it was from 20, might have even been in 2017. No, I think it was 2019. So we are on year two. We're, all, we're two and a half years uh, uh, into uh, going over it literally session by session. Right? So that's pretty amazing. So, like I said, share this out and say hello. Kevin Cummings, how we doing, buddy? Thank you. Welcome for being here. Share this out, please. Uh, and we're going to get started. I know I'm, I'm wasting time, but I'm doing that because I'm sharing this <laughs> while I'm talking to you. I mean, I, just wait. I usually waste a little bit of time in the beginning anyways. You guys know that because that way I, I wait for the crowd to gather. So uh, if I immediately start up, people come in a little bit late and they and they miss um, you know, they, they miss uh, uh, the beginning, you know, and then, then they think, oh, that sucks, and they have to go back and uh, check it out later, right? So I kind of tend to give a 15-minute uh, little speech where I'm talking about whatever, and I just wanted to give some good news about the coronavirus because people are still really afraid. There's a lot of people out there that are very scared, and it's not as crazy as you would think it is, uh, uh, you know, at all, truthfully, these days. So that's a good sign, and the fact that, if you know about herd immunity and see that kicking in, then that would suggest that things are going to be getting over really quickly. And some of us who predicted that, you know, as soon as Joe Biden signed a certain uh, thing that he signed yesterday, all of a sudden they would start talking positive about how quickly it's going to be over. Right. Um, but they still don't want to say too quickly because they still want to save the idea and keep the fear going in your head that, um, you know, it, it, well, it might not be over and it might keep going because the, you have to remember there is an agenda there. And I'm not going to get into that because that's for the politics like I talked about yesterday and, and probably offended a lot of people. So I'm not going to get into that. So you have to go and, and check that out, right? Um, 
so uh, let's go ahead. Let me get back here in the studio so I can see what's going on here. So let's go ahead and uh, switch over the camera here. And that's the studio for Facebook. Let me go over to YouTube there. And um, like I said, this is uh, uh, session 99.0 out of 106, and it's question number 19, number 19. Uh, this uh, information that I use here, this videos I use here is Matthew, is, uh, Matthew Moose. Uh, that outfit has all 106 videos, uh, and they've been kind enough to allow me to use it. If they've, they've not, and so I always give them credit. Uh, I never, I never discount that. You can always see that on the screen, so that the, everyone knows. You can go to YouTube and look up Law of One Matthew Moose, and you can see all of the videos there, and you can read along just like I played this for you. They had the computer uh, speak it, so I didn't have to do that. I've done that with like uh, Oli when I do Oli. I do the same thing, and I have the. And I get it, and I, and I put it to word to speech. That way I don't have to read it the entire time. I can just sit back, and it's easier for you guys when that happens. Then you know that it's me talking when it's my voice and not when I'm reading, and then I have to say this is my opinion now. And so, you know, on here, the same thing. It says questioner, and then it says, you know, uh, I am raw when there's the answer, and then that way you know the difference of who's talking. But it's the same voice, so it would be it would be worse if I were reading it to you not that I'm not a good reader out loud. I'm a decent reader out loud. I've done that. You've, if you've watched my uh, shows and saw me reading things, I'm decent. I could do that as fast as I talk and as fast as I think. It's no big deal. But then you would have three things happening. You'd have the questioner, Raw giving the answer, and me giving my interpretation to deal with trying to figure out which one is happening now. Do you see? So it's always behooved me to have the computer read it if I'm going to be giving an analysis unless it's something I'm showing you on the screen and just reading what's on the screen. Do you understand? That's why I do this this way. And that's why they set this up so you can read along and listen. Those of you who are listening on the MP4 file, those of you who are listening on the MP3 podcast, you guys don't have any visuals anyways. So, But it's still easier for you to understand uh, even so when I'm speaking and uh, you guys can't see anything that's going on. You just listen. Some of you are okay with that. Okay, so let me go over here and I'll go into full screen so that on your devices, it will be full screen on, on your device. And, and, and those of you who don't talk in the chat and, and don't really care, you can just swipe left or turn, you know, and, and have it completely full screen for yourself to read along with uh, words if you wish. You could also go to lawofone.info. That's L-A-W-O-F-O-N-E dot I-N-F-O. Uh, and, and don't put the the on the beginning of it because it's not. That, on, on, on here it's called The Law of One, but that uh, video um, or that website is LL Research's website, and it has the actual transcripts that were recorded during these sessions on the screen for you to read. And you can also, it, uh, separate from uh, listening into the show, you could press play on each one and, and listen to the actual recording of Dawn asking questions and Carla channeling uh, Raw. I used to play that side by side on a monitor so I could tell you the differences that they changed when they, pro when they published the book. Um, but that became uh, something that was sort of moot, right? Uh, because it, it didn't really matter. There was nothing that they were hi hiding from people except for sometimes protecting people's names. And so instead of naming those people, they felt that they didn't want to name them. The person probably didn't want to be named in the book, so I wasn't telling you that anyway. So I was basically omitting what they were omitting. So I decided, why am I bringing up another monitor just to read the stuff that they had before? There were some grammatical changes, but I think that was done for uh, artistic license for the book. Okay. So now I don't do that anymore. I just well, I'll just go along with this stuff. All right. So let me go over here and go into full screen, and uh, we'll just get started here on this. This is Law of One. This was um, recorded uh, in I think we're in in two thousand 
and or I'm sorry, 1982 now. I don't think we're into 83 or 84 yet, but we're getting close. I just don't remember when it was. But it was published, you know, in, in, in 2011. All right, so let me go full screen and we'll go ahead. And I am monitoring the chat. So if you guys have questions out there, as you pop in and out, um, you can always ask a question in the chat, and I will stop for those. Because those of you who, who watch us live, you get the benefit of asking questions for clarification of something. If there's something that you don't understand, even if I say it and you don't understand it, you can say, wait a minute, what does that mean? Or I thought that it meant this or blah, blah, blah. And, we, and I'll actually stop and talk to you. Those of you who listen to this on the MP3 file, you can't do that because you don't have access to the uh, chat. <laughs> okay. All right. Here we go. Question 90.19. Questioner. Then did our logos hope to see generated a positive and negative harvest from each density up to the sixth, starting with the third, as being the most efficient form of generating experience known to it at the time of its construction of this system of evolution? Answer, I am Ra. Yes. Question 90.20. Questioner, then built into the basis for the archetypes is possibly the mechanism for creating the polarization in consciousness for service to others and service to self. Is this, in fact, true? Answer, I am Ra. Yes. You will notice the many inborn biases which hint to the possibility of one path's being more efficient than the other. This was the design of the Logos. Question 90.21. Questioner, then what you are saying is that once the path is recognized, either the positive or the negative polarized entity can find hints along his path as to the efficiency of that path. Is this correct? Answer, I am Ra. That which you say is correct upon its own merits, but is not a repetition of our statement. Our suggestion was that within the experiential nexus of each entity within its second density environment and within the roots of mind there were placed biases indicating to the watchful eye the more efficient of the two paths. Let us say, for want of a more precise adjective, that this logos has a bias towards kindness. Question 90.22 Questioner, then you say that the more efficient of the two paths was suggested in a subliminal way to second density to be the service to others path. Am I correct? Answer, I am Ra. We did not state which was the more efficient path. However, you are correct in your assumption, as you are aware from having examined each path in some detail in previous querying. Question 90.23 Questioner, could this be the reason for the greater positive harvest? I suspect that it isn't but would there be logar that have greater negative percentage harvests because of this type of biasing? Answer, I am Ra. No. There have been logar with greater percentages of negative harvests. However, the biasing mechanisms cannot change the requirements for achieving harvestability either in the positive or in the negative sense. They are logar which have offered a neutral background against which to polarize. This Logos chose not to do so but instead to allow more of the love and light of the Infinite Creator to be both inwardly and outwardly visible and available to the sensations and conceptualizations of mind, body, spirit complexes undergoing its care in experimenting. Question 90.24 Questioner, were there any other circumstances, biases, consequences, or plans set up by the Logos other than those we have discussed for the evolution of its parts through the densities? Answer, I am Ra. Yes. Question 90.25. Questioner, what were these? Answer, I am Ra. 
one more, that is, the permeability of the densities so that there may be communication from density to density and from plane to plane or subdensity to subdensity. Question 90.26. Questioner. Then as I see the plan for the evolution by this logos it was planned to create as vivid an experience as possible but also one which was somewhat informed with respect to the infinite creator and able to accelerate the progress as a function of will because of the permeability of densities. Have I covered accurately the general plan of this logos with respect to its evolution? Answer, I am Ra. Accepting the actions of the unmanifested self and the actions of self with other self, you have been reasonably thorough. Question 90.27. Questioner, then, is the major mechanism forming the ways and very essence of the experience that we presently experience here the archetypical mind and the archetypes? Answer, I am Ra. These resources are a part of that which you refer to. Question 90.28. Questioner, what I am really asking is what percentage of the part, roughly, are these responsible for? Answer, I am Ra. We ask once again that you consider that the archetypical mind is a part of the deep mind. There are several portions to this mind. The mind may serve as a resource. To call the archetypical mind the foundation of experience is to oversimplify the activities of the mind, body, spirit complex. To work with your query as to percentages is, therefore, enough misleading in any form of direct answer that we would ask that you re-question. Question 90.29 Questioner, that's okay I don't think that was too good to question anyway. When Ra initially planned for helping the Egyptians with their evolution, what was the primary concept, and also secondary and tertiary if you can name those, that Ra wished to impart to the Egyptians? In other words, what was Ra's training plan or schedule for making the Egyptians aware of what was necessary for their evolution? Answer, I am Ra. We came to your peoples to enunciate the law of one. We wish to impress upon those who wish to learn of unity that in unity all paradoxes are resolved, all that is broken is healed, all that is forgotten is brought to light. We had no teaching plan, as you have called it, in that our intention when we walked among your peoples was to manifest that which was requested by those learned teachers to which we had come. We are aware that this particular line of querying, that is, the nature and architecture of the archetypical mind, has caused the questioner to attempt, to its own mind unsuccessfully, to determine the relative importance of these concepts. We cannot learn teach for any, nor would we take this opportunity from the questioner. However, we shall comment. The adept has already worked much, not only within the red, orange, yellow and green energy centers but also in the opening of blue and indigo. Up through this point the archetypes function as the great base or plinth of a builded structure or statue keeping the mind complex viable, level, and available as a resource whenever it may be evoked. There is a point at which the adept takes up its work. This is the point at which a clear and conscious consideration of the archetypical mind is useful. Question 90.30 Questioner, I have an observation on archetype number one made by, name, and I request comment on it by Ra. I will read it. The matrix of the mind is the conscious mind and is sustained by the power of the spirit as symbolized by the star which flows to it through the subconscious mind. It contains the will which is signified by the scepter of power in the magician's hand. All of creation is made through the power of the will directed by the conscious mind of the magician, 
and the bird in the cage represents the illusion in which the self seems trapped. The magician represents minus all the radiance of being manifested as the creation through which each entity moves. Answer, I am Ra. As this instrument is becoming somewhat weary we shall not begin this considerable discussion. We would request that this series of observations be repeated at the outset of the next working. We would suggest that each concept be discussed separately or, if appropriate, a pair of concepts be related one to the other within the concept complex. This is slow work but shall make the eventual building of the concept complexes more smoothly accomplished. Were we to have answered the observations as read by you at this space-time, as much space-time would have been given to the untangling of various concepts as to the building up of what were very thoughtful perceptions. May we ask if there are any brief queries at this time? Question 90.31 Question <coughs> Alright, hold on a second. <coughs> trying to check here because it's, it's, I'm having a problem with it on my phone displaying properly as if it's actually having a problem or live it was having a problem it looks like here what was going on here get off the screen please there was something that was going on but it says that I'm okay now but there was something let me check my uh, studio here and see if I had any issues there were no issues on my end, so there was an issue that was going on there for a minute uh, with Facebook. I'm not quite sure what was going on there, but it says that there was a uh, a brief moment in the um, in the the signal. Not quite sure why. So if you guys were experiencing that, that was on Facebook's end, not on mine, uh, because I was trying to <clears throat> play it. Uh, on my phone as a monitor, and it was uh, not playing properly, even though it was saying that it was live. So um, I wasn't sure what was going on there. So I apologize for that. It seems to be playing okay now. Okay, so I don't know what was going on with that, but it was definitely them. It was Facebook, and they're having some issues. You can see on your screen there, if you look, you see that red zone down here where I'm at. That all right there was um, stuck. And then the, the above it, which just shows that particular um uh, moment. So I'm not quite sure what was going on, but Facebook was tripping. All right, so let me go back over here. <coughs> I apologize for that. We'll go back into full screen. So if you do have any pro problems, like I always say, uh, if it freezes or whatever, refresh your screen because for whatever reason, when I stream this to uh, Facebook, sometimes it, it uh, glitches and uh, it freezes and kicks you out. Uh, does that to me when I'm monitoring it too, right? That's why I've decided to start going to other platforms, and I'm going to slowly pull everybody away from you know, from Facebook. So if you guys don't like any other platform, you'll have to pick me up afterwards and not be able to see me live. Like I said yesterday, when I've been tracking my MP3 file um, podcast and my podcast that is uh, on other channels afterwards, not even live, and I have a more of a following. Um, off Facebook and YouTube combined outside of the rest of the world. So I, I really don't need them anymore. I just do that because I could potentially reach more people. But the truth is I've built up enough audience with this podcast that I don't have to worry about it. So that's why I don't worry about uh, Facebook and YouTube anymore because if they kick me off their genres, I'm, I'm more popular without them than I am on their channels. Right. So I will be soon not being live on Facebook anymore. For those of you who like to listen to me or see me live on Facebook, you're going to have to find out where. And I'll probably be going live on BitChute 
and then I will uh, kick that link for those of you who want to pick it up. I might go live for a while on YouTube, but you know I'm I'm that person that is kind of angry with the big tech right now, and I and I know if you hit them in their pocketbook, then they uh, tend to listen, and if they don't want to listen, then that's what we'll do. So for now, I'm using YouTube because I'm using that because I'm using uh, Muffy Maffy Moose here. All right, going back into it. So I apologize if it keeps uh, tripping for you, right? Um, but you can see, like I said, on the screen, if you're, you know, you're behind me. In fact, the lag is like a two-minute lag now or more. It's usually only about 35 seconds, but for some reason, it's a lot more right now than it usually is. And I think that was that portion that was messed up back there. So I apologize for that. Is there anything that we can do to make the instrument more comfortable or to improve the contact? Answer, I am Ra. It is well that the appliances for the arms were placed upon the instrument. We ask that continued vigilance be accorded these distortions which are, if anything, more distorted towards disease than at our previous cautionary statement. All is well, my friends, you are conscientious and faithful in your alignments. We appreciate your fastidiousness. I am Ra. I leave you now, rejoicing merrily in the love and the light of the one infinite creator. Go forth, then, rejoicing in the power and in the peace of the one infinite creator. Adonai. <clears throat> okay, those of you who are listening in on the MP3 file, uh, that's the end of that video. So that was, let me pause it here really quickly so I can read it. Session 90, and that was the end of session 90, so it was June 19th, 1982. So we'll go ahead and start uh, the next video. Um, for those of you who are on MP3 file, you can't see the lag because of that, but this is... Uh, session I am... Session 91, starting on 91, and this is June 26, 1982, part one of two videos for session number 91. Here we go. Ra, I greet you in the love and in the light of the one infinite creator. We communicate now. Question 91.1. Questioner, could you first please give me the condition of the instrument? Answer, I am Ra. It is as previously stated. Question 91.2. Questioner, I have listed the different minds and would like to know if they are applied in this particular aspect. First, we have the cosmic mind which is, I would think, the same for all sublogwa like our sun. Is this correct? Answer, I am Ra. This is correct. Question 91.3. Questioner, a sublogos such as our sun, then, in creating its own particular evolutionary experience, refines the cosmic mind or, shall we say, articulates it by its own additional bias or biases. Is this the correct observation? Answer, I am Ra. It is the correct observation with the one exception that concerns the use of the term, addition, which suggests the concept of that which is more than the all-mind. Instead, the archetypical mind is a refinement of the all-mind in a pattern peculiar to the sublogos choosing. Question 91.4 Questioner, then the very next refinement that occurs as the cosmic mind is refined is what we call the archetypical mind. Is this correct? Answer, I am Ra. Yes. Question 91.5 Questioner, then this creates, I would assume, the planetary or racial mind. Is this correct? Answer, I am Ra. No. Question 91.6. Questioner, what is the origin of the planetary or racial mind? Answer, I am Ra. This racial or planetary mind is, 
for this logos, a repository of biases remembered by the mind, body, spirit complexes which have enjoyed the experience of this planetary influence. Question 91.7 Questioner, now, some entities on this planet evolved from second density into third and some were transferred from other planets to recycle in third density here. Did the ones who were transferred here to recycle in third density and to the planetary or racial mind? Answer, I am Ra. Not only did each race and to the planetary mind but also each race possesses a racial mind. Thus we made this distinction in discussing this portion of mind. This Yeah, see, Reese says that it keeps pausing. I'm one minute and 48 behind, so it has some time to buffer. Yeah, that's the, you're at that spot where something's happening with uh, Facebook. I'm not quite sure uh, what that is, right? <laughs> and Julie says, oh, man, yeah. Uh, that's if For whatever reason, it's, it's having an issue, and it's not my equipment because I don't have a single dropped rate in with my equipment. So the connection to you to Facebook for some reason is tripping. So <clears throat> if it really bugs you, it won't be in the recording. Uh, it'll just be on the Facebook version that's there. So I will be record. I am recording this and I will repost this on all the other genres. So if you want to watch it where it doesn't cut in and out or listen to it where it doesn't cut in and out, you can watch it on BitChute or Rumble or YouTube when I upload the video version of that, the MP4 file. And then I will upload the MP3 file uh, at this, you know, at the same time, and that goes out to anywhere you can find me on in the entire universe on the MP3, on any MP3 um, platform, podcast platform. Um, I'm currently listening to it in 80 countries, so there, you know, there's at least 80 countries that have actually clicked on my thing and listened to it. Crazy, right? They don't do that every single day. I wish they did, but I get about 50 countries around the world every single day to listen to my, or every time I post a podcast, not every single day, but every time I post a podcast, they listen to the podcast. So that's kind of cool. At least one person in those countries, and it's usually multiple, which is really good. Some countries, there's only one or two, onesie, twosies, you know, like in, in, um, um, like, uh, um, over in the Philippines, I get like one or two people, right? But I still get a few. So it's kind of crazy. I get places that I'm like, what, Kazakhstan? Wow, who found me in Kazakhstan? <laughs> Was that somebody I know that traveled there? That's crazy, right? So I apologize if it is, in fact, still doing that weird crap where it's buffering and stuff like that. I don't know why it's doing that today. Sunspots, who knows, right? You never can tell with technology. So I apologize for those of you who uh, are trying to listen to it live and it's doing that portion of mind that is formed in the series of seemingly non-simultaneous experiences which are chosen in freedom of will by the mind, body, spirit complexes of the planetary influence. Therefore, although this Akashic, planetary, or racial mind is indeed a root of mind it may be seen in sharp differentiation from the deeper roots of mind which are not a function of altering memory if you will. We must ask your patience at this time. This channel has become somewhat unclear due to the movement of the cover which touches this instrument. We ask that the opening sentences be repeated and the breath expelled. The microphones attached to the cover upon the instrument were pulled slightly as a rug was being placed over a noisy tape recorder. The circle of one was walked, breath was expelled two feet above the instrument's head from her right to her left, and the circle of one was walked again as requested. Question 91.8 Right. So 
I think it's cool when they leave that stuff in, telling you exactly what they did. Because a lot of times, early on, they didn't do that, and they would leave that stuff. They wouldn't leave that stuff in, and they would just it would just say, you know, uh, uh, twenty seconds later or thirty seconds later. You know, this actually, I love that they do that. They're like microphone was attached to the cover upon the instruments were pulled slightly as the rug was being placed over the noisy tape recorder. So they actually explained to you what happened to cause the problem. The circle of one was walked now. To understand that, that the circle that they're casting, they're walking, they're actually casting a circle the same way that uh, Wiccans, Pagans, Druids do when they're working magic. Okay, And in some sense, it's the same ceremony that if you go to watch, uh, especially a Catholic um, ceremony, because they're very, uh, still very oriented to um, old school ways, they do the same thing. Right. They actually they actually do that. If you watch them, they do a ritual where they use the compass points and they'll use like the incense and they and they actually anoint the four corners. OK. And our churches are always positioned a certain way so that it's it's actually facing the, the cardinal points as well. Sometimes it's not directly uh, at the altar. Sometimes it's the corners of the buildings and you don't realize it. And so it's lined up not directly facing north, you know, but it is the building itself is. So they do all of that on purpose. And that's a, a lot of if you look at the um, Freemasons who built the stuff for the Temple Knights, if you if you look at the temples built by them, everything was oriented like that with the the cardinal points. It was very important to the size of the building, the shape of the building, the direction of where it was placed. Uh, all of that was far more important. The people in the past were far more intelligent than people give them credit for, far more. They, they knew more about this planet and the alignment to the galactic center and the and, and the wherewithal of the universe itself than we are just fathoming now. And as we start to learn these things, we then go, wait a minute, what? Right? I mean, the, the pyramid, the, the, the pyramid of Giza, this is one of the reasons why I named my, my show Orion Rising, not just because it's, it's, it's uh, you know, it's apropos and it's very ambiguous. It is literally means, uh, you know, uh, the uh, we as a society have found that in history we keep pointing ourselves to Orion and not always directly to Orion's belt, but to the constellation of Orion, which has all of the, like the dog star, all that stuff, Siri, all that stuff is there in that constellation, in that huge uh, drawing that is that becomes the uh, Orion. So the pyramids are in the shape of Orion, right? And then you have the pyramid itself. Is, is literally the landmass where the pyramid sits, the Great Pyramid at Giza, is the landmass uh, that it would be literally the, the center of the landmass of our planet. The center of the landmass of our planet is where that is. So it's literally the navel of this entire world. And, uh, you know, it, and its position is exactly the, uh, the exact same number as the speed of light in meters. One of its one of its positions, you have your compass points, you know, your lateral and your and your um, what is it? The the the, the you know, north, south, east, west. And then the, one of them is literally the speed of light in meters per per second. It's the exact same number. So that wasn't done on accident. It was literally done on purpose. So they had to have known that you don't accidentally accidentally use one of the cardinal points to make a pyramid and it literally find its spot that literally at the time when they built it the the orion nebula was directly above it in the sky and it just so happens that those three pyramids mirror orion's belt 
okay? And then one of the one of the freaking cardinal points to locate it is literally the exact same number as the speed of light in meters per second. That's you can't get a coincidence like that. Can't possibly just happen. It's not a happenstance. It's something that was planned for. So the other number means something as well, I believe. But we just haven't figured that out yet in math, what that other number is. Once we discover it, we're going to go, oh, my God, are you freaking real? Right? It's probably going to be something like uh, the, the number uh, or the, the, the speed in feet per distance you need to be going uh, to time travel or to go to th- open a wormhole. It's probably going to be something crazy like that. So you have to understand that all of the stuff that they're talking about is – is, is coming to be true. And this is why I, I talk about the law of one, because not only is it, a, is it a, a, a good window, truthfully, if you have learned what I have learned about all of the religions on this planet, and you take all of the religions that we have here, in this law of one, in everything that they talk about here, is the good points of every single religion that we have on this planet. There's nothing left out except for all the bad things that we would corrupt things as humans and that we did corrupt those all those religions but if you take all of the religions of every single country uh, all the way around the world from all of time and that's the stuff that I have done I'm a nerd I research stuff like that and I always have I research military history I research actual history I, I research philosophy all that it's crazy it's, I'm, I'm just I'm just stupid insane that way and I want to learn everything about everything in the entire universe and I always have Right. So I spend every waking moment trying to learn something new every day to tax my brain, to keep my brain uh, uh, learning more and more knowledge. And, and uh, you know, just like Socrates said, the more you know, the more you realize you really don't know anything. So no matter how much I learn, I realize there's so much more for me to learn that I could never learn it all in a lifetime. And that's probably why we spend so many lifetimes learning this stuff to get it right. <laughs> right. I know some of the people that are religious don't want to believe that there is a reincarnation, but I'm telling you there is. <laughs> OK. And and, and it is insane that uh, people could say, try and say that Carla made all this up. Carla wasn't, she was very intelligent, but she was not a nuclear physicist. There's no way she could have made up the words and said the things the way that she did. Don understood that because he was a nuclear physicist. Now, you can't make this stuff up. And if you do, how is it they made stuff up that we didn't discover yet? And they talked about things that as a matter of factly are this way and we did not know that as a species yet and have figured these things out since then luck no so if they would have invented things because they were trying to be all you know they'll be sci-fi and i'll invent all kinds of good stuff they they found actual facts the first and easiest one is is talking about the pyramids out in the Bermuda Triangle and the Dragon Triangle. And they said that there's pyramids down there and that the pyramids are still active. And that's why you're having problems in that area. When 1982 and 84, we didn't know that. We had no idea. We, we only discovered the pyramids down there in 2015. We never knew they were even there in 1982 to 84. So Carla couldn't have been making that up. Don couldn't have been making that up. He was flabbergasted when Raw talked about drones that the American government had that were flying around that everybody thought was UFOs. He got scared and stopped asking questions about it. Or he didn't and it never got published. Okay? 
But but Don, you you heard if you go back to the first few sessions, you see him get freaked out over the possibility that our American government had 125 drones that they flew around that they were like UFOs and they flew around and would attack things. He didn't even want to go there. Okay, but we now know that we have that openly. Our government has that, right? So what is that tic-tac? You know what I'm talking about out there, those of you who are UFO hunters. I played the video on my Ancient Aliens Worldwide page. It's still up there. Put it in a bunch of videos. What is that video of? Is that tic-tac, in fact, drones that the deep state breakaway government knows about? Hmm, maybe so. Maybe so. Let's continue. I am Ra. We communicate now. Question 91.9. Questioner, were we successful in reestablishing clear contact? Oh, I'll okay, say, hold on. I Sorry, am... guys. <laughs> yeah, Julia. Yeah, I, I'm not right now. But if they, if they, if they mess with me, I will be leaving completely, because there, at some point, I'm going to be erased. You know, if we keep this cancel culture going on, at some point, Julie said I was in awe, man, over you leaving Facebook. I like Facebook. This is where I started the show, and I want to continue posting it here. But if I keep getting problems with Facebook, I won't have any other recourse. I'll have to leave Facebook. So, But for now, I will be here. Just trust in that until you see me gone. I'll be here, and if you can't find my page anymore, <laughs> you'll know what happened. Because I won't delete my page even if I leave uh, on my own. I will leave the page up, and I'll still post stuff there. So if you can't find my page, you know what Facebook did to me. That's when you're going to have to find me on the other genres. Okay, So just know that, guys. I'll, I'll still be going live here because I, I like going live on Facebook. I think I can reach more people live at that moment. Um, however, I don't need them, like I said, because my, my podcast is picked up by more people uh, around the world than, than actually watch it on Facebook. Um, but, I mean, that's still another option, still another audience. That's why I continue to do it because I want to reach as many people as I can possibly reach in, around the world. Some people love Facebook and don't want to listen to it anywhere else. The same thing with YouTube. I found that the YouTubers hate Facebook and Facebook hates YouTube. So a lot of people, if I link a link to Facebook and it's a YouTube link, they won't go there. <laughs> they won't go there. People get loyal like that, right? Like Coke drinkers or Pepsi drinkers or McDonald's eaters compared to Jack in the Box. People, they, they, they pick something and they like it. That's why I'm trying to get it out on all these genres, knowing that some people just won't listen to the other places. They won't go there, so they won't find me. So I'm trying to keep my voice on all of them so I can try and reach as many of you as I possibly can. So don't think I'm, I'm taking off next week, Julie. <laughs> It'll be when they kick me off their genre. But what I'm saying is I, I don't have to worry about them. I don't have to kiss their butts because if they do kick me off, I don't need them. Right. But I'm not trying to also create that issue and push the point by getting their algorithm looking at me. <laughs> OK, so I still will start talking like, uh, you know, like that Anon guy uh, did on his uh, posts at some points uh, so that I won't trip the algorithms. I won't even say that letter of the alphabet anymore because that, that and even the other one I just said with the A uh, tends to get them um, tripping out on the algorithm as well. So. I learned how to do that when I was working with the working with the uh, IRA back in the day. We knew that there was algorithms that bumped you up in uh, Homeland Security, and if there were certain phrases, certain words that you said that were that were keywords they were looking for, they've already had this uh, stuff in 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 uh, going on there. The all, all the FBI, the CIA, Homeland Security's had this for, for ever since they started trying to uh, follow people's uh, phone conversations and emails. So they had keywords. So I've already long since been used to doing that. 
right? So it doesn't bother me to say things, and, and then if you don't understand them, it, you know, it, then you'll go, I don't understand what he just said. Well, that's, you know, then you, you won't get it. It's no offense. It just means that you're not supposed to know what I just said, unless I'm just being really stupid and getting so obscure that nobody can follow me, and then that's on me, right? Okay, there, let's continue here. So, yeah, don't, don't think that I'm going to be leaving anytime soon. It's only going to be if and when they get to the point where I become the well, one that they're worrying about currently. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> And I'm I'm not a big enough dog or big enough fish in the in the sea right now for them to be uh, coming after me for any reason, right? If I'm the if I'm the top dog, we're seriously in trouble. If I'm the top dog that gets deleted, then this then we this nation and this world is really in trouble because I'm so I, I you know I don't even get paid and I don't have like a million likes. You know what I'm saying? All right, here we go. Rah. There was the misstep which then needed to be re-repeated. This was done. The communication is once again clear. We enjoyed the humorous aspects of the necessary repetitions. Question 91.10 Questioner, what occurred when the microphone corns were slightly moved? Answer, I am Ra. The link between the instrument's mind, body, spirit complex and its yellow ray, chemical, physical vehicle was jarred. This caused some maladjustment of the organ you call the lungs and, if the repair had not been done, would have resulted in a distorted physical complex condition of this portion of the instrument's physical vehicle. Question. She probably would have pulled the muscle, right? I mean, isn't that weird how things like that, if you pay attention to what Ra's saying when they're talking about that, little things affect our, our chakra points, right? And it changes things drastically. And, and I know this already, but some of you out there don't. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to do this because it encompasses so much of what we try to teach uh, as a whole anyways. There's so many of us these days that, uh, uh, you know, above and beyond, before I knew anything about um, the law of one. We already understood because we had gone around and learned the, the religions and spirituality from all around the world. I spent all my, all my life doing that. I know I, some of you already know this because I've said it over and over. But I spent all my life doing that because when I was a kid, we grew up across the street from a Mormon church. And I know they're Christian. And I asked my dad if we were Christian or, or Catholic because I'd heard those those terms. And he explained to me that he was raised Catholic. And so was my mom and their families, but that we weren't currently going to the churches. And this was why. And he actually said to me, you know, I don't believe that you should be forced to do something, forced onto a, a specific religion just because traditionally our families did. So I say to you, to my children that you guys should look, if you feel that you need to be spiritual, you feel that you need to go to a church, look around and find one that fits you. Go to the different churches from the different religions and go inside those churches and speak to their clergy and attend mass at their mass and see how all of that is and talk to them about their theology and find out if one of them fits. And I literally took that to heart and didn't just go with Western Christianity. I looked around the world at every single religion and, and I got I bought every Talmud from any religion that I could find alive or dead. And I read through them or tried to, you know, like I can't read. I didn't teach myself Hebrew. But, uh, you know, I try to get a, a, you know, an English version. They're out there. You know what I'm saying? And I tried to understand them and read through them and figure them out and talk to people on those religions to find out. And so I never looked down on any religion ever. I always looked at all religions as if they were the same. They were just different ways. And it turns out I'm right. They were just different ways of going about spirituality. And then I, then I ended up coming back to the Catholic Church, got knighted there by the church, 
And then, uh, you know, I was needed there then. And I saw that at the time. It wasn't that I was wanting to become a devout Catholic for, for the, the, the sake of being a, a Catholic. I, was, I found that that was where I was needed. My calling was needed there. And I realize now that it was needed there so that I would learn to be a better knight and actually get knighted. And then after that, because of me being a knight, I left. <laughs> I had to because of the hypocrisy of the churches. They're all that way. They all are good and they're wholesome for people to go to. And then I went and got my ministry uh, license, right, as a Christian minister. I couldn't become a father because you have to go to their seminary. Well, I don't agree with that. I'm not going to do that because you can't have sex. You can't be married. You can't have children. Okay, so I said, nope, that's just no, period not going to happen. So from that, I went and, and got a, my own uh, uh, title uh, and a license. And um, therefore, I can be I can do all of those things, same things that the father can do. Now, as a monk, as a knight, you're a holy monk anyways. So so I'm a minister in that church anyways. Right. And I and I'm supposed to do them, the, those same deeds that the priest does. If there's an emergency and there's no priest and a person is Catholic as a knight, I can give them their last rites. Because I am considered a holy monk and a minister ordained, right? So I have the same rights that I have when I left and went to the Universal Life Church in, in uh, Phoenix, Arizona, and got their, uh, their indoctrination and got their <laughs> paperwork that made me a minister. And I can call myself reverend, I can call myself padre, I can call myself whatever, right? But I don't currently have a church where I have a congregation. My church is you people. Okay, my church is Orion Rising when I'm doing the law of one. And then later, when this is done, I'll be doing other spiritual things. But I, I, and the reason for that is because this message and this is why I took this up and where I went with this entire conversation. I took this up and wanted to show because here is the only voice prior to those of us now in the 21st century that discovered and started integrating here in the West all of the ideologies the, uh, from all over the world. The guys at Portal to Ascension are doing the same thing, okay? And now uh, the guys at, uh, um, at uh, um, uh, what's it called? I'm drawing a blank now. I apologize for that. Uh, are doing the same thing. So it's, it's that the entire community has shifted. Everybody that I've been working with for the last five years, we were all shifting at the same time and realizing and discovering that all of this was encompassed and all of this was one. That's why I started calling it The Way, and I'm still writing that book, The Way. And the law of one is the way. It's, it's the true ideology of the way things should be being done on this planet and and Ra was trying to get that information to the people this is what you are missing what's been taken from you and it's there in all the religions of this earth and it's all combined in the same when I was into the uh, you know studying Wicca and Druid uh, Druidism uh, it's all, all the same information so I come to find out that all of the religions when I do a comparative they're all doing the same thing. That's why that whole coexist thing uh, movement happened, you know, because the truth is they're all doing the same thing, just slightly different and in a different language. But it's the same spirituality. Right. But some leaves things out like you have your Christian religions who say anything psychic is the devil. Oh, no, no, no. That was a control thing. 
because if people are not controlled, right, if they have the ability and know then sh- and, and realize the ability that you have uh, powers of your own, that means they also will have to know that we are in control of the matrix. So those people who were trying to keep control of it, the evil people that were trying to keep control of it, and in Egypt it turned out to be the priests that did that and corrupted that. They wouldn't allow the people to have any of the knowledge, okay? So other religions are the same thing. They wanted to dumb you down and keep you from having the knowledge that they had, and they saw that as a, as a big secret, so they kept it, and you had to pay them to get any of it. And they still do it to this day. They don't give you 100% of it. And when you start learning about it, you realize that that's true. Okay? And that's, that's the honest or true, because at some point they have to give, divulge to you what they're hiding. So you get ideas and layers of what's happening. When I became a fourth degree knight, which is the highest, that's like being a 33 degree master mason in the masonry, right? Um, being a fourth degree knight, there is nothing higher than that. There's only offices of supreme council, but they don't, you, don't, you still don't learn anything new. You get to learn everything when you're knighted. You understand what's happening. And from that, you start talking to and, and peeling back the layers and unpacking that knowledge. And you start to realize what's really going on in the, in the world. And uh, the Freemasons will tell you the same thing if they would be openly willing to talk about it. Okay, when, they, when you become the 33-degree degree Master Mason, there isn't anything that you don't know, and there might be pockets that are trying to still control stuff because there's always that that goes on to some degree because they don't want the information getting out. Or, like the Temple Knights, they were afraid that the world wasn't ready for it. That's the only time. And there are things that I know that I won't tell the world because they're, you guys are not ready for it. And only a certain type of people can be ready for that information. And it's not the master public, the general public right now. Right. So this is why the secrecy happens at certain levels, because there's some things in prophecy I won't talk about because I know that we control the narrative and we control the matrix. And if I were to constantly push narratives that I don't want to see happen because they are, in fact, negative, then I won't tell people about those. Those I wish that people just forget and they go away. Because otherwise what happens is this is what's going on here. The whole entire reason for this conversation right now is the whole entire reason that Raw was coming through to tell people what was going on. Because we have this group of people from Orion, and this is where it goes back to my Orion Rising, not just us waking up to our position and the things that we're supposed to know about in the universe, Orion Rising, but also our knowledge that we keep pointing back to Orion, Orion Rising, and why? Because there is a group of people from Orion's belt that call themselves the Orion Crusaders. And these are evil people in the third, the fourth, the fifth, and the sixth dimension that try to go around and take over planets because they understand that each logos, each sub-sub-logos, is in control of their own logos, that we control the matrix. So they come down here and they plant in history because they can go backwards and forwards in time. They have all of times happening at the same time. So they plant Dead Sea Scrolls and they have somebody translate them and make sure to whisper in that person's ear to translate them that you are a slave race created by aliens. And if enough people on this planet believe that, then they'll come down here and go, we're your creators, we're your creator God. And they take over that way. That's what they do. That's how they take over. Okay, so I'm also part of a group that is a coalition from the from Orion's belt, and we're here to stop them. And we're working with many other coalitions on this planet and off this planet, off world, that are here. Raw is one of, part of one of those coalitions. Okay, and 
all of this is, is, is trying to warn people that, first of all, the knowledge that we created and control all of this was taken from us. And so you have to have no ESP. You have to have no magic. You have to have no thought beyond linear thinking as a human being right here, right now. Because if you, if you ponder any of that and it's not the devil for you to be afraid of, you're going to start raising your vibration and gaining more knowledge. And with that's going to come the secret knowledge of the universe, that you control the matrix. Okay, so they have to stifle that. That's what they did. They stifled that part completely. Almost every religion doesn't have a spirituality in that respect. They just don't. It's been taken from them. That's some of the things that we're trying to reintroduce, is we're trying to reopen up the, the, that knowledge in people, right? And when, with that comes more knowledge. So we know that just on a small, small scale, if we get you asking questions, asking questions is the key to unlocking everything in the universe. So we want you to question everything, right? Question everything. Because once you start questioning everything, you start getting answers and more and more and more and more and more questions. And every time you do that, it's peeling back another layer of the onion. You're unpacking, 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 and you're gaining knowledge as you do this. That can only raise your vibration. And so what happens is you start then to look around and you start making the same journey that all of us made. Do you understand? And you start making the journey into, well, what about those other religions over there? And what is this chakra thing they're talking about? And what is this nutrition thing they're talking about? And what is this meditation thing they're talking about? And how does any of that work? And does it all work? And do I have to do any of it anyways? That little pondering sentence I just said, a paragraph I just said right there, is the key to the entire universe. Because the second you start questioning all of that is the second that you start waking your entire existence up. Do you understand? So this stuff, you know, that they're talking about has to do with everything. And that's why I stopped right here. Has to do with everything because it's all encompassed. What you eat, how you think, what you perceive, how you perceive. And, and I always say this all the time. And it's a famous line from a book that became a movie from the, the book's Dune. And it's the first step in avoiding a trap is knowing if it's existence. We are in a trap. We have been in a trap. Okay, that's part of Orion Rising, us waking up to understand, to the understanding or the knowledge that we are something completely different than we thought we were. We are a very a much higher species than we thought we were, and we can achieve that. And someone has been trying to keep that from us happening. That's what the entire 106 sessions uh, of the Law of One is explaining to you, and also at the same time trying to teach you, teach, learn, learn, teach you, all of the things that you need to help that along. It's not just knowledge by itself because you have to know that there was a trap and then you have to know what. You have to also look around you and see that people are propagating that trap on you. That the propaganda machines on television are keeping that knowledge from you. They're keeping you looking at anything but that. All the programming on television is to keep you thinking about anything in the universe but your own spirituality. Movies, songs on the radio, everything is a distraction to keep you away from learning about you and your spirituality and the history of this world and our presence on it. And what does that mean for our presence in the universe? Keep you completely away from that. There isn't anything except for some you know, sci-fi stuff because they go, well, what if we were traveling in space, man? Isn't that cool? And for those people who have that Neo effect, 
right? They have that Neo effect of something's not right and it's a matrix and there's something wrong. And he knew something was wrong and he was trying to figure it out. And eventually they came to him and said, you know, here's your here, take one of these and you're either going to, you know, you either go back to sleep and forget it all or your entire life is going to change. You can't go back. And that happens at a certain point in your development in spiritual and spirituality. And I've said that to people when they get to that point, I say, welcome to the spot where you take the blue pill or the red pill. Because the, because the knowledge that you're about to gain, if you go down this path, you can never unlearn it. And that's a dangerous place because without someone to guide you there, you first of all really do think you lose your mind because your mind explodes and blows up in a way that if you've never lost your mind, you don't know. And because it, you know, literally the only way that I can describe it is I tell people go back and watch the movie Highlander, the movie, not the television series, but the original first movie of Highlander at the very end when he got the prize. The prize was all of the knowledge of the universe that we're supposed to already know. And he was able to uh, read everybody's minds on the entire planet. He was able to feel everything. And, he, and, his, and they actually show you in there, they actually blow his head up when his brain explodes. And he's like, I know everything. I am everything. That was his awakening. That was his epiphany. Then he crossed over that threshold in a vibration that gave him all of the knowledge that he was supposed to have, that we were all supposed to have, each one of us. And it blows your mind. And without guidance, some people don't come back from that for a long time. And some people just go crazy. Some people start believing that they are Jesus or God or something like that, and they get stuck there. They start believing they're Nebuchadnezzar or somebody else, right? I'm, I'm uh, you know, uh, Paul Revere. I am King Arthur. I am, you know what I mean? That's what, that's what happens. And they get stuck in that, and they think that they're uh, something grandeur above everybody and everything uh, when in a, in, a, in a certain place, yes, we all are. Each one of us. Because the truth is we are all part of the one not just something that is a creation of the one we are a piece of the one therefore we are god every one of us not just one individual so when somebody says i am god well yeah so am i <laughs> right and then when somebody says oh jesus is in my heart yeah he's in mine too right because jesus is god yes jesus is god just like you are and just like i am we're all brothers and sisters of god no we are all are all, all god we're all brothers and sisters who are god and so that's the truth of it. Eventually, we will ascend back to that. And, any, and anybody who in any religion already has that storyline, and that's what they're striving to do as it is. So it's not far-fetched, for, for, but they just don't. They took that part off that you are actually, in fact, God. Because they have, to, they have the caste system set up so that you'll be sitting in their seats and pay the tithing to the church so they get richer. So they sit around and preach to you what they want you to hear only, not all of the Bible, Okay, not all of the Bible. There's a curriculum. The Catholics wrote the curriculum, and all Christian churches follow that curriculum. There's a, a it's a, either a three or a or a five year turn depending on which curriculum they use. And they teach you. And so what happens is most people don't realize that it's repetitive. If you've gone to the church long enough, you start to pick up the cycle, and you go, "Oh, this is year three, so so, so um, uh, September is relationships." We just went through that last year. We did last year or the year before was the September was relationships. Sometimes they do the same uh, ones every year. Right? So you know that coming up through the holidays, it starts with relationships just before the holiday starts. Why is that? The holidays are coming. 
So they want, they want you to work on relationships prior to the holidays coming. So when you get into October, November, and December, you just were indoctrinated with the idea of relationships and how you're supposed to act towards one another and treat, treat each other. So all of a sudden, you're trying to be nicer. And so when you get to the holidays, you're being a lot nicer and you're enjoying the holidays. That's done on purpose. We know this. It's planned that way. Right? We know that in the summertime, it's going to be hot. And when people are hot, they're more irritated. So in the beginning of spring, what do we do? We start talking about unity and, and the Maypole and all this stuff. Again, charging you with good feelings and good vibes and, and all of this stuff, knowing that it's going to be hot and hot, hot, hot in the, in the summertime. And then we hit you with fall. When fall starts to happen, it starts cooling down. It's relationship time. Get you away from the competitive spirit of the of the summer and the running and the screaming and the or the sunburn and all. And now slow you down, get you back into relationships, and then let you go into the holidays. And that's when the God dies and he's and you have Lent and you have all this time. But while the God is dead, before the God is reborn again, it's the same cycle in every religion. In, you know, the Catholic religion, Jesus is reborn in April, right? That's what is that? That's springtime. Why did they do that? Because the, the, the uh, Celts and the Druids had, their, had the god Pan. Pan died and was reborn. And see, that, that cycle of, whole, of that whole uh, ideology was that, that the, the god, it's either Krononos or, or uh, Enki or, or Pan. doesn't matter. It's just a different guy's different name for the same. Merlin is a title, but everybody thinks Merlin is a person. Uh, a Merlin is a title like a priest. Father is the same title as Merlin. <laughs> it's just a different religion. Okay, so I know that because I'm, I would be a Merlin. I have that title as well in the Druid religion. I just don't, if I wanted to practice that and open a religion that would be a Druid religion, I could call myself a Merlin because I have been given that title. Okay, so uh, the, the, the cycle is always the same. The cycle of our planet is where all of this has been based on. Okay, our planet it does that. You go to the wintertime and everything dies and there's nothing there but snow and rain and sleet. And then the spring happens and when the spring comes, all life is renewed. So the god would be uh, born then and then would grow up. And the goddess in most of these religions was the immortal. The god who was the life giver, he was the life bringer. The life giver was, was the, the goddess. And then uh, he would be born and then everything would flourish. This is the Arthur. You are in the land or land or, or you in the land or one. As you flourish, so does the land. That's the Arthur legend. So King Arthur, when he was healthy and he prospered, so did the land. It was tied to him. That was the, that was the God story. So that story uh, was based on the same Druid story that is Pan or Krononos or the green stag god, the god of nature, the green man, which I have tattooed on my back. So the, so the God is born and then goes and lives and flourishes and starts, and is, starts to wane in the summertime. And then you have what? You have uh, fall. And in fall, the, the God starts getting older. What is, what is this in the Christian religion? Old man time. Old man time starts getting gray here as he's going towards the end of December. Santa Claus is, is only comes around in the middle of December. It happens to be on the winter solstice. It has nothing to do with, uh, with the Christian religion, but that was supposedly Jesus' birthday. It was on the same day. Weird that Jesus was born in December and dies in April. Wait, no. Yeah, that's what happened, but it, see, it was supposed to be 31 years later. See, so they kind of changed that whole religion around a little bit so that it would fit. Originally, Jesus' birthday was like in July or somewhere around there, and then they changed it to September. 
Then they changed it to December when they were trying to get all the pagans in Europe and all the Vikings. So, but it's all still, all every religion uh, is that. I know you guys didn't want to hear a whole sermon on, because you were wanting to hear about the law of one, but that's what this is all about, guys. The, the cycle of our life. And that some of that is true. Because of the cycle of, that we have in our nature, we humans are bound by that cycle. That's why I say that. We, we're not, uh, as far as like all the other animals are, all the animals on this planet, save one or two, only breed at the same time that these gods are born. Do you understand? And then they don't. So they only breed once a year. We humans can breed once a month. We can breed, you know, as, as long as the woman is, has an egg passing, and she does that every single month, at least once every 15 days, actually, right? Every 15 days the cycle starts. So it's every so it's every 28 day, right? So on the 28th day, right, somewhere in there the, fer- the most fertile point uh, spot is, and they can actually consume, you know, uh, uh, or, or con- conceive of a child. So we're we're outside of that bounds. Why would we be outside of the bounds of nature? We're the only species. We, there's only one other species that's, that mates for fun, and that's a dolphin. Right. But we're, we're the only one that, that can do it whenever we want and, and have multiple children all year round. So why is it that we're elevated above the matrix that is set up on this planet? Well, it's because we're in control of the matrix here. And just by our cycle of being able to have children, being different than everyone else is a subconscious nod to us that we're in charge. It's everywhere in everything. We're telling ourselves that's the Orion rising. That's us waking up and actually having the eyes to see those things that are trying to tell us that we are trying to tell ourselves subconsciously that we are actually the gods. We are in charge. We created this matrix. He just said that in the last paragraph or two paragraphs ago, two questions ago. They just said there, Ross said that we, that the, that in, in, in fact, Don asked the question. Is it that we are in charge of this? We created this specifically. So each specific place where the, this earth is, so in our solar system, this reality and, and all of the things that happen on this planet is, is, is only indigenous to here. But when you go to somewhere else, you'll find that it'll be slightly different here and there. It won't be completely, 100% drastically different because most of the laws of the universe are, we react the same way in the same dimension, but things will be different. The sky may not be blue, or we, ne- we may not be only brown, yellow, pink, and, and the colors that we have, black. We could be, you know, purple, orange, red, and blue. Okay, and according to some of the, the insiders that have talked about meeting different aliens, they've met aliens that are. Their skin is blue, orange, uh, red, yellow, other colors, but they were exactly look like us. They just had skin pigment that was completely like that. Whereas we picked different uh, earth tones, what we call earth tones to our earth. Do you understand? Some of the people didn't. They chose something different. So, so you might go somewhere else where our, you know, like we have a pancreas and we have different organs that don't do anything here. Well, what if they actually work on another planet? Why would we have them if we're here? Oh, because we were created by an alien, like seven alien races and we're slaves. No, 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 <laughs> no, not because of that. Those races that are out there that look like a part of us are the ones that were created by people in the 3D reality just like us. So if, if we are, in fact, creating all of this, there's going to be a pattern 
to it because one thing I have learned of being a physics major in college is that the universe is not random. Okay? There is no randomality to the universe. It only appears to be random. It's everything is organized. So you're going to have a certain organ. There's not going to be a completely, well, there is. Okay, here's the weird thing. There's going to be an infinite possibility for everything, but it's going to be patterned slightly off, just like the golden mean ratio. That golden mean ratio is is the pattern of the universe. So everything is going to be represented. Nothing is missed. So in certain areas, if you take the mathematical equation and you move along that equation, in reality, in the universe, you'll find subtle differences between human races arcing out at a certain mathematical pattern. Okay? And in, in, in that's where it'll change, but it'll be completely ordered. But it seems chaotic because it only happens at this skip ratio. Do you understand that? Are there people out there that understand that what I'm saying there? It happens at that skip ratio. So that's where you have the Fibonacci sequence, right? The entire universe is bound by that. So it's completely ordered. It just seems to be it's ordered chaos is what we call it. That's where people talk about the chaos theory or string theory and things like that. It's ordered chaos. It appears to be chaos. Certain things happen uh, on, a, on, a, um, on a scale that is a percentage. Okay? Anywhere you go on this planet currently, if you check in with any city, no matter how large, no matter how small, your country, a state, everything, you will find that 10% of the population reports being bitten by a dog. Whether you have um, uh, 360 million Americans in one spot or 30 people living in a little teeny town in Arkansas, 10% is going to report being bit by a dog. There are certain things that are non-random that happen. Okay, it seems to be random, but when you look at it on that arcing scale, you find out that it's the same place on uh, everywhere. So there are certain things in the universe that we say God rolled the dice with. But the truth is that if you look at things, it's pretty ordered. And that's the hardest part that people have, because that's that's where you get back to the whole the skein is tied uh, that the um, Bohemians believed what they call Bohemian, the Viking religion. Uh, believed that your that your entire life was already skeined out, you know, the the weave was wove by the by the All Father, and that you were going to die when you were supposed to. So not don't worry about your life, just do what you're going to do, uh, because you're going to be born and you're going to die when God said you were going to die. That's that's not true. That's not how it works. That part of it doesn't, because we have complete randomality. Why is that? We're the only things that have that randomality. Everybody else doesn't. They all live by the cycle. We live within the cycle, but we live outside the cycle. Why is that? Because we are the cycle. And we're trying to show ourselves that. So we give ourselves that knowledge subconsciously. If you can see it, it's there for you to find. Do you understand? It's there for you to find and you can see it if you, if, if you can look at it and understand it. So it's there for you and that gives you the knowledge Right. And then you, if you find the mathematics and I found the mathematics and I've been talking about the golden mean ratio phi or phi, not pi. Pi is three, four, one, five, you know how it works. Right. Or twenty two over seven. 
not that not that calculation, but the 1.048 or whatever it is, right? 1.804, whatever it is. I don't, I don't have it in front of me. I don't have it memorized. I always mess it up. But that's the golden mean ratio, and it's not the Fibonacci sequence. The Fibonacci sequence is part of it. The Fibonacci sequence is the triangles. It's those straight lines that create the triangle that does that makes up that like a you know the spiral. But the golden mean ratio is the arc between points. The arc between each triangle point, arc and spiraling out. So it's the outside edge of that mathematical equation. But it's still a part of that mathematical equation because you can't have one without the other. Okay? And that's why people just call it the Fibonacci sequence. But Fibonacci never knew those numbers. Fibonacci didn't know 3, 6, and 9. Okay? Fibonacci didn't understand that at all. Fibonacci just calculated the 1, 1, 3, 5, 8, that number. Okay, that's the 1 plus 1, uh, you know, equals 2, and 2 plus 1 equals 3, and 3 plus 2 equals 5, and 5 plus 3 equals 8, and 8 plus 5 equals 12. That's what he understood. That's the straight lines. That's the triangles going click, 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 spiraling outward. Okay? He didn't understand the, the arc that went from each triangle that arced at that 180 degrees or that, or that certain. You can see that in the beginning of my show when I play with all of the uh, images that you see and you see all the spiral images that you see. That is the, uh, the golden mean ratio. That's the outside arc. And that rules the entire universe, rules everything. It rules how the, our water flows. It, it, it rules the ebb and flow of the water. The wind moves the same way. Storms move the same way. Our spin on this planet is the same way. Our arc around the sun is the same way. The sun's arc around the center of the universe is the same way. The entire universe moves the exact same way. So from the smallest, minute, little, infinite little uh, uh, particle that is an atom and a proton, an electron, they all move exactly the same way. So when you get to the subatomic particles, they move the exact same way. That's, that equation is the only absolute in the universe. Everything is bound by it. You, me, everything. Nothing has not, nothing on this Earth, nothing in the entire universe exists without the golden mean ratio. So that was the boundaries of how the universe was set up. Do you understand? That was the mathematical equation that is the creation. That is the logos. 3, 6, 9, right? 3, 6, 9, and 12. Okay, 3, 6, and 9 becomes the infinity, becomes the golden mean ratio, becomes the Taurus, the center point, the zero point is where is is the god energy that is where the god is the the 12 do you understand that's why the numbers one through 12 and then and then the 13 or the one jesus was the 13 he was the one in the 12 apostles around him he was the center in the center at the zero point and the 12 apostles followed him that is the energy everybody's energy was focused on jesus so jesus would be the number 13 or the number one that's why some people say the number 13 is the perfect number Okay, but it's not really because it's the zero point. So it's really the one, it's, and then that is through. And if you read the Emerald Tablets, Thoth says that. Thoth says that the way to God's palace, or the way to the one, is through the center. That's the 12 number. That's the God particle, or the one, the 13, which is the 12 plus the one. Do you understand? So... That, that is the mathematical equation of that. So the entire universe was set up that way, and that is the laws, not just here, but everywhere in the entire universe. 
but the differences are we can create different things here. So we are bound by the laws that are set up for the logos, yet we're also outside of those laws in almost every way. Do you see? That's where the participation is. The three energy in the universe is the energy is our energy. The six is nature and time space. The nine is us plus nature and time space. Do you see? Our will on nature time space becomes the nine. The nine creates the infinity and sends everything funneling and channeling, spiraling all the way inward, inward, inward to the one, to the nothingness. Through the nothingness is the one. Jesus said the way to God is through me. He was the 13 or the one in the center of the 12. So the way to God was through him. But not only you have to follow Jesus and go through Jesus, it was his what he was teaching. Not who he was. He never said he was God on earth. But he never denied, he never said, I am not, because he understood that we all are. That's why he said, I'm the son of man. Right? And people didn't understand his reference, so they just assumed that he meant all humans or men. Right? But that's not what he meant. That's not what he meant. It was a metaphor. And only if you understood what that metaphor was uh, was saying to you would you actually get that him using the word man was creation, logos, because we are the creation of God. So he was the son of the creation, the son of the creator, just like we all are. All of us are the sons and daughters of the creator. We are the creator. Do you understand that? That's what we have to get. We have to understand that. Once you understand that, you can move on and you can then understand what's going on. So they all knew that. They understood that. That was then this is what they did. They took it from us. We're supposed to know that. So we're supposed to know that it's okay to have abilities above and beyond extrasensory perceptions. And the only way that you can attune to those is by eating proper foods, exercising properly, getting proper sleep, and attuning, knowing yourself tuning your body's chakra points, understanding that it has them, and tuning those, understanding that you have to also work on yourself, your psyche, my mind. My mind has been manipulated from the moment that I was born, so most of what I know in here I have to unlearn. They told you about that in The Secret, if you watched those movies or read the books. The Secret. They were, they were going after completely your mind only. Do you see? Nothing to do with spirituality. They were just talking about your brain, your mind, and what has been done to it, and how you undo what was done to it. And the first step in avoiding a trap is knowing of its existence. So they explained to you that there was a trap and that you were in it and that you needed to get all that negative stuff out of your brain, and here's how you can do it. Do you see how all of this plays? People go all into one thing. You have people talking about just spiritualism. You have people talking about just uh, uh, expanding your consciousness as far as uh, um, uh, um, abilities are concerned. You have people talking about just spirituality. You have people talking about just going in and fixing your mind. You have people that are just talking about your your body and trying to, to fix your body. Then you have people that are just talking about your soul. And I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with any of those because there isn't. I'm not saying there is something wrong with them. Those people are there to... Be that when you need that. I'm the guy who talks about all of that. To a fault and to a point where it pisses people off. 
because I, like my other peers around me, like uh, uh, Neil Gore and his wife Saul from Portal to Ascension, the creators and owners of Portal to Ascension, right? Just like uh, Omar from Watchers Talk, and, the, and, and that group is doing the same thing. We have coming up at the end of March. You should take a look at it. It's posted on my, I'll put it in the description. I said I was going to do that last time. I forgot. Uh, we have a webinar coming up at the end of March, end of this month. It's going to be a three-day uh, webinar that we're that we're putting together and i'm going to be uh, interviewing a few people and hosting it uh on there i'm one of the mcs that are on there there's like six or seven or eight of us or something like that um omar is going to be an mc and so is neil gore and so is uh ron yonks um i always say that wrong i don't know yonks yonks i don't know it's ron yonks um he's going to be there as well as is augie nost and uh, I'm not even sure about everybody that's going to be there, but it's a it's a charged event. It's thirty three dollars uh, American for uh, all three days, and there's going to be six to eight hours. There's, we have twenty eight speakers, so I don't know if that works out to be eight hours a day or six hours a day. Um, but you should go and take a look at it. If you go on my page, uh, my personal page, and Orion Rising, the page uh, on Facebook, uh, you will find a link to that. And like I said, I will. I've tried to remember to put it in the description when I post this. For those of you who uh, find the podcast, I'll put it in the description as well. If not, I'll try to put that. I'm playing the videos. We have videos from some of the speakers that are telling you who it is that's going to be. Hi, I'm so-and-so. I'm going to be speaking. And what about? And we have a really huge lineup of shamans and musicians and people talking about aliens and spirituality and and the whole package talking about uh, uh, nutrition and talking about politics, uh, all of this stuff, world banking. I wrote a book about it. I wrote a book about aliens. I wrote a book about world politics. I wrote a book about world banking. Um, you know, that, that's just a, I wrote a book about prepping for crying out loud. Right. Um, surviving uh, off the grid in and of itself just to survive on this planet. So this stuff is out there and we encompass the whole thing. Some of us understand the entire larger, larger picture and some people don't. It's just depending on where you are in your developmental stage. Some people don't want to hear about any of that. They're just in survival mode. Well, I got a book for you for that. Right. It's, it's called prepping slash survival for beginners. If you are not a beginner, then don't bother reading my book because you already understand what you need to do. If you've never done any of that before and you want to look into it, go and take a look at that book. So take a look at that. We're, uh, and I'm pushing it out. I've been uh, posting on a lot of your guys's websites, uh, you know, trying to spam the world without getting myself put in Facebook jail. Uh, but I'll be doing it again. I do it every few days and leading up to it. It's going to be a really good event. Uh, we, we did it one uh, with Portal to Ascension, uh, did one uh, a couple months ago, three months ago, I think it was now. I was a part of that. So was Omar. Most of the people that are going to be in this was a part of that. Uh, and <clears throat> you should take a look. It's going to be a really good world summit talking about some uh, really good stuff. And go to, uh, you, I'm sure they're advertising on Portal to Ascension, and I know they're advertising it over on um, um, um I was, you know, now I'm thinking of everybody. Trying to think of everybody's, <laughs> everybody's things. Uh, Omar's Omar's group. He's I'm sure he's doing it there at, uh, and I'm sure that Rob's doing it at his at his group. Um, and I, probably Augie too. And Augie has like two podcasts. So you, almost anywhere that you're listening, where people talk about aliens or spirituality, I'm sure you've already seen a commercial for it. And if you haven't, then you're looking in the wrong place, right? So some of us have have come to that knowledge and what we're trying to do. Uh, Neil and I have talked about this on air. What we're trying to do is we're trying to save you guys a little bit of time because there is a, a, a time period when you wake up to understanding how politics fits into all this because some people don't want to hear about politics at all and and um, I'm like well that actually fits into this because uh, it shows you they know 
what you they're the ones who took from you what you're supposed to know so they know that how the matrix works and they're using that against you so you need to you know again the first step in avoiding a trap is knowing it, of its existence so you need to understand that everything they're saying to you is a lie to keep you from knowing that and it has been forever okay uh, and so people don't want to hear that. Now, oh, my God, I don't want to hear about the, about politics. So you don't have to. I don't talk about it too much on when I'm doing spiritual stuff. And then some people don't want to hear about spiritualism, but they, but they love politics. They want to hear about that. So that's why I separate that stuff. Those of us who know the big picture, we're trying to work on all of those things. I have a group for all of those things. I have a paranormal group. I have a psychic group. I have a psychic group that's set up for uh, people who believe in pagan and Wiccan. But I have another one that's set up for people who are Christians and don't. Right? I had to separate that. <laughs> right? The paranormal group, I had to separate that into another paranormal group because back in the day uh, when the first paranormal people were around, they didn't believe in having psychics with them. But now you can't find a paranormal group that doesn't have a medium with them. But it took a long time of me pushing for that. Back 20 years ago when they first started all these ghost hunting people, I kept saying, you guys need a medium. And they, were, they didn't want to have any part of it. Well, all of a sudden in 2015, you couldn't be without there without one. Well, I'm glad. It's about time. Right. Get those guys out of trouble. Right. But but they can also film some better stuff. So some of us are, have incorporated already. We're trying to uh, save you the time because you're going to get to that anger point when you do realize how all of it's tied in. And then it makes you mad. And we went through that and we were angry for a few years as we worked through that. And we're trying to save you guys from that by saying, don't do that. Don't get mad. It's OK. Move past that, because then you'll, you if we can get you to understand that and not wallow in that. That's just like if you had somebody that did something to you horrific and it was a, a rape or a, you know something like that and some sort of really big abuse or offense. If you don't accept that it happened and say, okay, it's over. It's not happening still. It's over. I am now a survivor from that. I did a really long, detailed political and racial thing yesterday about that. So if you want to hear that rant and get mad at me and call me a racist, go listen to that podcast. Uh, but I'm not a racist. I can't be a racist. I'm probably myself and anybody like me, the 1% of us or 10% of us, I have freckles on my body. So I have every single skin color from every single race on this planet on my body. Many, many, many hundreds and thousands and maybe even millions of spots. I don't have one particular color that my whole body is, which is most of you out there. 90% of you out there have that. I don't. I am the opposite. So how can I be prejudiced against somebody who's black when I have uh, 500,000 pieces of my skin that are exactly the same skin color? Maybe even more than that. How can I be uh, prejudiced against people who are Jewish when I have olive-colored skin, 500,000 to a million pieces of the same color skin on me? How could I be a mad at the Asians? I have their exact same skin tone someplace on my body, 500,000 to a million spots. So how can I be prejudiced against somebody because of their race? I can't because then I'm, then I'm prejudiced against myself at some point. I have to be. I hate those people because they're black. Well, what about the black spot there and there and there and there and there and there on you? Shut up. Don't look there. Don't look there now. Never mind that. Never mind that now. Do you understand? That can't happen. I can't do that. Right? All right, let's get out of this full screen here and go back into the studio over here. I could probably turn on my camera and say hi. For those of you who <laughs> I don't need my glasses on because I'm not reading anything. Right? <laughs> Namaste. Okay, we're getting ready to call it anyway because I went uh, along. We're at five hours and 34 minutes. So I went long as I'm looking at the monitor instead of the camera. So we'll pick up there uh, next Friday. And we'll move on from there. I know I rambled there at the end, but I always do. And I do that because I wanted to stop there. And so then I just start burning time by talking about what I wanted to show. 
how all of that is encompassed in those of us who understand that are trying to keep your curve, um, you know, f- you know, instead of being an arc like ours was, we're trying to cut you through the center and, and, and help you get there quicker than we did, right? And if we can't do that, then it's because you're, you decided that you wanted to experience those things. We understand that. That's one of the things that, that, that you have to get to understand yourself is that no two of us are in the same place spiritually and, and no one is better than anyone else in any way. Even those people who are non-spiritual whatsoever or even those people who think, don't believe there is a God. It is completely within your right in your development to be wherever it is that you are. So it's not like a, it's not like we're trying to sell you a religion. I'm not trying to start a religion. I already I could already make money in any Christian religion because I'm already a, a minister three different ways. I could even become a druid and be a Merlin. So if I wanted to make money at a ministry, I could just do it. Right. I could go get my recertification uh, in chemistry, which would only cost me about two hundred and fifty dollars to take the test. And I became and I could be a, a chemist for anybody or I could start my own pool company or my own chemistry company. I'm not doing that because I'm, that's not what I'm here for. OK, I could do that and be rich, but I don't want to do that. I would be wasting my time and I wouldn't have any time to be helping the people. The reason I came here was to help them. Apparently, I took a lifetime off last lifetime. I got mad at the universe and sat down and crossed my arms and said, mm, not doing it. Nope. And I just lived a life and ignored everything. I don't remember doing that, but I was told by a psychic when I was 21, I think. Actually, I wasn't told that my wife was told uh, at the time, and I heard the video or the, um, the cassette tape. Um, that's a little teeny tape that we had that, we, that was um, um, uh, a film, a tape that was on, in this little plastic doohickey, for those of you who are too young to know what it is. And that's what we used to put in and record on, and then it played back, and it was a little reel-to-reel thing in there, and it ran across this, this, this uh, dynode, and you, it would pick up the sound. That was what they used after they used that thing called vinyl. Do you guys know what that is? Those of you who are too young to know that, yeah, if you're under the age of 30, you have no idea what I'm talking about. Uh, even then, if you're under the age of 40, you might not either. Anyway, so I heard the cassette, and she said that that, uh, she asked about me. My wife asked about me, and the psychic uh, smiled, who was channeling someone, I guess, at the time. Not quite sure who, but she smiled, and she said, "Um, we've been watching him for a long time. And she said, we have been watching him? And she said, yes, he uh, is supposed to be a teacher, and he came here to do that. And last lifetime, he got angry with the universe, and so he pouted, and he took a whole entire lifetime off. And now we're watching him to see if he's going to take this lifetime off as well, or if he's going to um, do what he came here to do, what he signed on to do. And it was funny because I was actually pondering that at the time, not realizing why I was pondering that. So there again, my wife was meant to go to the psychic at this perfect time that the message was delivered to her that actually resonated with me. Um, more so than she could ever know, right? So that was that was something right there, right? That was something right there. Um, that's the way the universe works, right? Is is that that's what happens? So that's pretty cool. And at the time, I was literally pondering that, and from that, I went, "Oh wow, okay, that makes sense. I get it." <laughs> you know, and I had already had other psychics telling me, "You you do realize that your energy gets here before you do." And you're just like really a larger than life. And when you walk into a room, your energy changes the energy of the room. And I said, yeah, I've been told that by some people and it kind of bothers them. Should I tone it down? You know, should I try to tone that down? And the psychic, she looked at me and said, no, it's who you are. Don't t- ever tone that down. Live in it. Know that it's happening, though. 
she says, I, I thought I would ask you to, to, to see if you knew. And, you know, I was went to a meeting and, and my wife had met this woman who was a really good psychic and she was supposed to be coming to this meeting. It was a bunch of psychics that were going to a meeting and all these people came filing in and she was up wandering around doing something. And I was holding seats for us and um, the, all these people were coming in. and I saw this one woman walk in and as soon as I saw her, I was like, oh, that's the girl she's talking about. And um, then uh, later on, we're sitting there and we're sitting down and she says, oh, let me introduce you to so and so. And I said, yeah, that's her. Right. And she says, how did you know that? And the girl looks at me and says, that was very astute of you. How did you know that? I said, the moment I laid eyes on you, I knew who you were. She's like, we've never met. And I said, no, not in this life. We have not. Right. And she was like, but you knew it was me. She's like, you're psychic. You have abilities. I said, I have a lot of abilities. Yes. I said, but I don't usually, you know, I'm not the guy that you go to for a love connection because I won't tell you. Right. I don't do that. Right? I don't do those. And people go, can I get a love reading? No, not for me. Go to somebody who wants to give you a love reading. You already know the answer. Well, you come to me and I'm going to tell you that you know the answer already because you have the same abilities I have. You just don't know you have them because they have been turned off on you. And you've never been given those. But if you want them, you can have them. You just have to choose to. I'm that guy, right? I'm the green man. That's why I have it tattooed on my back. I'm the guy that will guide you, but I'm not going to be the one who's going to teach you anything because I don't own anything that you don't already have. You just have to unlock that which in you to understand what I know. And there's so much more that I need to unlock to know what other people know that I haven't learned yet, that I haven't unlocked yet. So that's why I set up my groups to do that. That's why we have a group that's called you know, Psychic uh, Development, right? We, we're trying to, we do readings there, and we also have that group so that if you're starting out, you can do reads there as well to get used to doing readings to get better at it. Right. And then and then you can move on and do whatever it is that you want. We don't demand that you do anything. There are so many people that I helped unlock that I don't even speak to anymore. They went off done. They're doing their own thing in the world. I don't expect to get anything from it. Right. I get a, you know, thank you and have a nice day, you know, just to be cordial. But I don't expect to get anything from these people. I don't expect anything in return from these people. That's not why I'm here. Right. I'm not here for for you to pay me to, to tell you something. All right. I could do that. And I can make money at it, right? But but I'm here to do with this part. And if I'm doing this part, I'm, I'm not going to charge for it, right? Why would I do that? This is just information you already have locked up in your mind. You just have, you have to get your vibration moving to a point where you start to unlock those doors, right? Like the band, the doors. They understood what was going on. They were taking psychedelics to open those doors, right? People in the 60s weren't able to do it spiritually. These days, through meditation, we are able to do what they were doing on drugs in the 60s without drugs. But still, people still do drugs, smoke pot, and stuff like that, drink alcohol. But we don't have to take the psychedelics to have the experiences. Some people choose to do that anyways, doing mushrooms and stuff like that. And I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm not saying it's wrong. And some of you will go, oh, that's it. I'm never listening to this guy again. He's like letting people do whatever they want to do. That's what you're supposed to do here. The Ten Commandments is not from God. It's from the Orion uh, group, the the uh, Orion Crusaders. It was that was a lie given to Moses, and they and, and they put it into all the religions that were here. That was the corruption. God, who created this place, created it so that we had free will. Why would that God then show up and say, "Thou shalt not this, and thou shalt not that, and thou shalt not this"? Okay, I don't normally poo-poo that because you can live by those. Those commandments are actually good. Right. They say, don't steal. Don't screw your neighbor's wife. Don't lie and, uh, about uh, somebody and bear false witness about them. Right. That's just that's just the three out of the ten or four out of the ten. 
they're good commandments to live by, but they're they're not really. Well, in a sense, they're from God because everything is from God. Just like a serial killer, a serial killer is bad and evil and does evil, hideous things. But because that serial killer does those bad and evil and hideous things, it makes people want to what change. We we want to stop that evil person from doing those bad evil things because we're in service to others do you see so that teaches us and and forces us to move forward to stop the evil that evil people are doing and they only do it because they can it gives them more power so that's part of that whole cycle i know that some of this sounds like i'm rambling and it's funny because people say that not a lot but there's a few people that that don't that are a little bit more linear in their thinking and when i am talking they think i'm rambling and then when i go wait a minute let me show you how i what i meant by that and where that was going and how that ties in Everything I talk about ties in 100% into the grand scheme of things. I don't ramble on. If I was going, what was that in 1871 or 1872? I think it might have been 1873. I remember distinctly it was a hot summer that year, and I remember the, the cousin Jeb got his nipple bit off by that squirrel. That's rambling. Okay? That's not making any sense at all, and you're rambling on. I don't do that. So when I talk and I'm speaking, it's directly related. You may not make the correlation, okay? And then that is my fault if I don't quickly enough make the correlation for people. Because I'm Irish, I speak a little bit uh, long on subjects, but I do that because I'm speaking in parables. So sometimes people get tired of me, you know, you're, you're, re- you're being redundant now. Yes, I am being redundant now because I'm speaking in parables. That's the, that's the entire, that's redundant. <laughs> a parable is redundant. It is redundancy in and of itself. It is the it is the definition of of uh, redundancy. Okay, but I understand that people learn things different ways. Therefore, if I want to get my point across, I have to say the same thing five or seven different ways. Okay, so sometimes I give an analogy that touches on something that people go, "What does that have to do with what you just said?" It doesn't have anything to do with it. It doesn't. But the moral standard behind the story is the same. And you're not getting that because you don't learn that way. But other people went, aha, now I get what he's talking about when I said that. Do you see? So for some people, you, okay, you're rambling. No, no, let me explain the crossover here. It all comes back to the same thing. There is nothing in the universe that is not attached to the same thing, period. Everything is cyclical. Everything is the golden mean ratio. Everything is connected to everything. Every thought that you have, even as random as you think that it is, is connected to everything else. The thought that you have, even if a random thought, and that's why they play the game when they, they hold something up and they say, they say, I'm going to give you a word and I want you to say what the first thing that comes to your head. Because the, you can tell there's a pattern in that. Okay? And you can tell into, into the, to a person's psyche by how they respond. That's why they do the Rorschach test. You know what that is? They hold up the blots, and they want you to see and tell you, describe what, they, what you see, what your perception of that abstract blot becomes in your mind. That gives the person who is asking you those questions, they don't even, it doesn't even matter what the person sees. Sometimes they'll look at it to see what, which card that it is, but it doesn't really matter because it's a perception thing, and they're trying to see where you are in your reality, in your brain. Do you understand? So what you're fixated on is what you're going to manifest those things as. If you're into violence, you're going to manifest violent things. If you're a serial killer, you're going to be talking about puppy dogs and, and everything nice. 
and you're going to be doing that to to a, a sickly sweet scent. The reason for that is that you know what they're trying to do, and you're going to try and trick them up by doing the opposite of what you think and see in there. And then you're going to may even try to mix it up. I know this because I was studying to be a profiler for the FBI at one point. I know, right? I mean, Jesus Christ, this guy claims he's done everything. Truth is, I have. I don't lie about anything I've done. There's no reason to, right? But I didn't get into Quantico because I had tattoos. Back then, they didn't like tattoos. They're distinguishing marks. We can't have somebody who's in the FBI have distinguishing marks. I'm like, I have freckles, bro. <laughs> Those are distinguishing marks. Yeah, too bad. Can't come in here. So I didn't get to do it. But I... But I, I did a lot of extensive training ahead of time and afterwards. I just couldn't work for the FBI. And people who are super smart, they see that and they try to get around that. Okay, so if you're not smart enough, you won't catch them at doing that. If you guys ever saw the movie um, a Blade Runner, right? In Blade Runner, they had what was called the Void Kampf, right? And what they did was they, they were trying to, to figure out, because they made robots and they were bio-robots and they were so much like humans that they really looked and smelled and everything human. They even had bad breath when they needed to, whatever. Uh, and so they were effectively created. They were humans, but they were created by humans. So they didn't have memories of, uh, that go all the way back and the developmental stages of your mind from childbirth to adult. They were only uh, slated to live four to eight years, and they were designed to die, okay? Because that, that way they didn't want them, they, you know, they ended up calling them skin jobs or something like that. That was what they called them in the movie. Um, and so, but they, uh, some of them escaped because they, they were, became sentient. I think, therefore, I am. I am worth something. I'm not a slave, and I'm going to break out, and I'm going, and, and so they did, and they were all trying to, they knew they had a, a certain amount of life, and they were trying to infiltrate so that they could uh, get rid of that program in their bodies that would kill them at a certain point, and they wouldn't just die. So they were, they had escaped, and the only way that they could detect them was they had this machine that they did this test that was called the Void Comp Test, where they set the machine down, and the machine would, uh, a camera would look at your uh, eyes and check your pupils for dilation, and they also would uh, put the thing on your arm so it checked your heart rate and perspiration, uh, and your, and the same thing as a lie detector test, and they would put you through scenarios that you wouldn't ever really be in. Right. Uh, and so they would say like when you, you find you're in the desert and you're walking along the desert, and there's a tortoise that's in the desert and the tortoise is upside down. But you don't help the desert. You don't help the tortoise. Why? And they're like, wait a minute. What desert am I in? See, they need a point of reference now. And it doesn't matter what, what, okay, so what is a tortoise? That's starting to tell the guy he doesn't know where, you know, a desert means he needs to know where. Uh, what is a tortoise? I never met one. So on the, all these things combined start uh, getting the, the, the robot to go, oh, shit, I think he might be on to me. Then his physical body that he's not in control of because he is a human like we are, he starts to perspire, his blood pressure goes up, his heart rate goes up, and it starts to show him on the machine. And then there would be pupil dilation, that, and so that's how they would find out whether they were good guys or bad guys or whether they were the robot that, was, that went rogue. And they weren't really robots because they were actually designed. They were humans. They were just made, manufactured. So they had the same tests. We have those tests that we do that, and all of that has to do with what? has to do with your uh, developmental stage, your psyche at the moment. So people in law enforcement are aware of that. Most people are not. Why? Because that has to do with everything we just talked about with, with um, the, you being centered and focused and grounded and being able to learn spiritually. You have to get into your head and deprogram all that stuff that's in there that they use to their advantage. You see? 
first thing they do is diagnose where you are mentally. Are you a threat to them? And if not, where are you mentally? Why are they doing that? What would be the, the reason to do that? Well, they're trying to find out if I'm a lunatic. Somewhat, yes, but they're also trying to find out how much you're indoctrinated. How easily are you manipulated? Okay, why would they even know that stuff? Because they understand how things work that way. And how's that all tied into everything? Well, because they know that you have been put into a certain box. Your psyche, your soul, your spirit, your mind has been put forcibly into a certain place. And they want to keep you there. So they all know what that place is. And some of the people know what that place is and not know why. And when you're outside of that place, most of the time when that happens, people are, are a little psychotic. They have a break and they go into this murderous uh, portion of their of their mindset, which because every single one of us could murder people that we, we all have it in us. It's just a matter of if we go across that line. So when you think bad thoughts, it's not a bad thing to think bad thoughts. Everyone does that. It's when you start to act on those bad thoughts, when you're crossing the line and starting to go down the wrong way, the wrong path. Right. And that's when you have to make a decision. Am I in service to others or service to self? Right. Am I going to go murder that person? Well, there's no reason. To, no, <laughs> that's not the right thing to do. No matter how you look at it, no matter how upset you are, it's never the right thing to do to murder somebody. Unless your life is on the line and you're about to be murdered, then kill the son of a bitch. <laughs> if that's the only recourse you have, and you can't get away and run away. Kill them, whoever they are, to stop them from killing you because you need you should preserve yourself don't ever give in don't ever quit make them kill you if somebody's trying to kill you make my father had that motto and he, he kind of drummed it into all of us that when he went to war he was in the second world war and he fought against the japanese out in the pacific and <clears throat> he joined because he was a little suicidal uh he also was trying to get away from his father his father was a mean man when he got drunk he beat up everybody so all the boys joined the military and went and fought in the pacific ocean in various guises the marine corps the merchant marines and my father was in the army and he was island hopping out in the Pacific. So once he was there, though, he, he became more like the hoplites, and they all did, more like the hoplites in the Greek hoplites, where they went into combat expecting to find someone who was better than themselves so they could have a glorious death. The Vikings were the same way. Okay? Their mindset was the same way. Uh, there better be somebody here that's better than me because if not, I'm going to kill everybody that gets in my way. And that's how their mindset worked, and that's the truth of combat. You have to go into combat with the mindset of um, the only way I'm going to die is there's going to be someone better than me who's going to kill me. Okay, so you better be really fucking good at what you get or really lucky at what you do. Okay, and my father had that mindset, and he survived combat because of that. And I have found in life that there are times when you have to be willing to pull that trigger. And I don't mean literally pull a trigger and shoot somebody, but figuratively and some points literally. Okay, so the, it, it, and I have found because of studying martial arts my entire life that that you literally have to have the mindset of. You know, um, how far are we going? Are, are you trying to harm me? If you're trying to harm me, then I'm going to step my game up and I'm going to go to be able to harm you. So my father always told people he only had two books, Peace and War. Don't cross over into the book of war because that is when hell will rain down on you. Because I will cross over into the book of war and you better be better than me. Okay, and that was his attitude. And I learned that attitude and I realized that that's really the way the world works. You're either, you start off being uh, at peace with people and they dictate to you uh, the the level of violence that is needing to be had here 
and I let people do that. That's the way I fight. I'm that guy that, that is not going to attack you. I'm going to stand there and go, okay, are we going to do this? Are you going to attack me or what? You won't be able to goat me into attacking you. I take that, that standpoint of the, the Shaolin uh, monks, right? I'm not here because I'm trying to hurt you. You started this fight, so you have to be the aggressor. And if you're not going to be the aggressor, then walk away, right? Walk away. Because I didn't want this fight anyway. So if you're going to do something, talking smack to me doesn't mean anything. Because I'm going to go, okay, are we doing this? Or are you just going to you know, throw um, the shit at me? You know what I mean? That mindset is a mindset that works for everything. And when you use that mindset, then you realize that you know sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. And that's the truth of it. So you have to deprogram everything that's been programmed into your brain. Everything's been programmed into your brain so that you're at this level that's just above barbarian. So if somebody goes, fuck you, man, you go, oh, fuck you, man, and now you want to fight. That's programmed into your brain. That makes you a Neanderthal. So we have to, we have to what, uh, here it goes again, the first step in avoiding a trap is knowing it, of its existence. So everything is a distraction. Everything is made for you to be uh, dumbed down. Ever 100%, even the air we breathe, you know, we, we talk about, not, not quite, but the reason I say that is to segue into this. Back during the days of the Temple Knights, the Knights were holy Knights. They knew they were holy warriors. They lived their life that way. That's like being a Knight now, the Knight of Columbus. We're still the same. We're descend, made from the descendants of the Temple Knights, just like the Freemasons were made from the descendants of the Temple Knights and the descendants of the original Freemasons. Okay, and that's why the ones that are around now, but all the people that are in there are not necessarily descendants of those people. But I think a little bit more of them um, gravitate towards that than people think. I think the soul of the person who was there is actually the same soul that was in a a body from back then. We we find each other. We tend to find each other again in life. So I think that a lot of the guys that are knights were really the knights from back then. And I think that a lot of the Freemasons were really Freemasons from back then. They just don't know it now because they're in a different avatar. Okay, so... The first step of avoiding a trap is, is knowing of its existence, knowing that, and they back then believed that even the air, everything was evil, and it was trying to change everybody, and they weren't so far wrong. The more you know about what's going on in reality, that they were actually pretty closer to the reality of things than we are today. They believed that everybody and everyone was trying to make everybody evil. And it wasn't, but it wasn't everybody, but it was the people at the top of everything, just like now. Evil people gravitate towards the top because they want power, they want money, and they want control. Some people that are good people try to get there too so that they can make a change and not make things so bad and so evil. And every now and then that happens, like King Arthur. Every now and then you have those kings, uh, you know, King Richard, that you have these kings that show up that are not, or these leaders that show up, Martin Luther King Jr., that show up on the scene, Stephen Biko, right, that show up on the scene, even Malcolm X, for his, even though he's a lot more violent. You know, Gandhi, they show up on the scene and they strive to a place of power, Jesus Christ. They show up on a scene and they, and they strive to a place of, of authority or power. Moses, right? Um, um, Muhammad. They are trying to make things better, not worse, and clamp down more control. But quickly what happens is they get opposition that tries to murder them and kill them. Because those people don't want that change. They want status quo. That's why Stephen Biko was killed. That's why Martin Luther King was killed. That's why John Kennedy was killed. That's why Abraham Lincoln was killed. That's why Gandhi was killed. That's why all those people were murdered around the world in their different time zones and places because they were trying to make things happen that were good for the people. So everything, it's, it's, it really is all-encompassing. 
And until you expand your mind and blow your mind up to the point where you actually see that, then, you know, I mean, there is the, the universe in and of itself. There is no evil dog. There is no evil fish. There is no evil shark, even though we have movies that show you that there are. It's only humans. They're, again, above and, and outside of the matrix. Everything else is run on, on instinct, on the cycle of life. Yet we're outside of that in every way. Why? Why? That's the answer. That's the question and the answer. It's because we're in charge. It's because we are a part of the creation. We are part of the creator. Do you see? We are outside the bounds of all of reality around us. We exist outside of the bounds. We try to, unfortunately, control society, control the universe, control the reality around us. But what we do is we end up corrupting it 100%. Then we have too much smog in the air because of our technology. We have, you know, people are dying because of the air and the food that we're eating. Is it done on purpose or is it done on accident? Are we just stupid and don't get it? Or does is, or is somebody actually know that it, that's happening and doesn't care? It's a little bit of both. They've made us stupid so we don't see that it's happening and they're doing it on purpose because they don't care. Some people want everyone to die. Okay? All of that is all one. And it's not always, and everyone's like, oh, you're always fighting against politics. No, 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 not at all. I'm trying to wake people up to it. I'm not trying to fight it. If I was trying to fight it, I would join politics. I'm not trying to fight the system. I'm trying to show people that it is a system, man. <laughs> There's a sucker born every second, and it's you and me. Right? Just like this bill that they passed just the other day or today that, that the president signed, that, or yesterday, whenever it was now, that it was $4 trillion. Where's that money coming from, do you know? It's being borrowed from you and me and everybody else. We owe it back. I wrote a book about it. I wrote a book about it. It's borrowed off of your slave labor and mine, your taxes and mine. We owe that money back. The stimulus check that you're getting is money that that you're paying yourself and have to pay back later. You're not going to pay it back by, oh, we're going to get taxed and you're going to have to pay that money back on your taxes. That They're going to take it back from you, but they are going to take some of it back and then they're going to tax you on other things for it to get it back. Higher taxes to get it back. Watch. It's not just free and it just goes away and it's never going to be there. It's just there for you to have, right? It has to go somewhere, has to create because to, to control our the monetary system, we, we can only have a certain amount of money in circulation because there's no gold backing it up. We're, we're not on the gold standard and haven't been since 1948, okay? So we're on a fake money system. I wrote a book about it. We're on a fake money system that is just created. They just write a check and it goes to the treasury and the treasury just prints the money. But when you print more money like this, the value of that money goes down, 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 down. Okay, we talked about this yesterday on the show, and Ray looked up for me. Ray Lynn, she was on the show. She looked up this. And she was an oracle, by the way, but I didn't, I didn't talk about that. She actually um, looked up because I told her, she says, is our dollar the strongest? I said, it shouldn't be right now. It might be because we're the currency of the realm, but there might be somebody who has uh, a higher money than ours because we have deflated our money so badly by printing so much of it. She looked it up in, the, in Kuwait. Kuwaiti dollar right now is is worth uh, more than any other money on the face of the earth. It takes uh, our one dollar is only worth 30 cents to the Kuwaiti dollar. So our dollar is to to equal one dollar of theirs. It takes one dollar and 70 cents our money to make one Kuwaiti dollar. That's how much we're, we're deflated. And the funny thing is that if you go back to 1980, our dollar then, the value of the dollar then, was 70 cents better than the, do- the dollar is today. 
right? And the difference is the minimum wage now is like seven fifty or eight dollars. In some places, it's ten dollars an hour. And back then, the average uh, the the average uh, American made two dollars and fifty cents an hour. That was the minimum wage. Okay, but it went just as it went farther. That two dollars and fifty cents an hour went farther than ten dollars an hour does today. Wow, how is that possible? A gallon of gasoline was twenty five cents. Loaf of bread was thirty cents. Dozen eggs were, I think, thirty-two cents. Do you see? That's how. <laughs> Pair of shoes was five bucks maximum. Nikes. Okay, so you know, pack of cigarettes was thirty-three cents. I remember that. My father handed me a receipt. It was, I mean, that was a little bit later. That was a little bit earlier, like seventy-five to seventy-seven. He handed me a receipt, went to the store, and he bought a pack of cigarettes. He handed it to me. It was 33 cents for a pack of Lucky Strikes. And it wasn't like they charged you different uh, amounts for, you know, like Lucky Strikes were cheaper because they didn't have a filter. It was all the same. 33 cents for a pack of cigarettes. And now they're, what are they? Getting up to 10 bucks? You see? $2.30 an hour. One pack of cigarettes, 33 cents. $10 an hour. A pack of cigarettes is $10. Your dollar went further then than it does now by 70 cents. Well, actually, then even more, because it was it ten dollars for a pack of cigarettes. It, it should be three dollars and thirty three cents to make thirty three cents equal to two dollars and fifty cents to ten dollars, right? Close to that. So less than less than that. It should be less than that. Less than three dollars a pack to make it equal to the thirty three cents, but it's not. So your dollar goes way less now, and so you want to make your minimum wage fifteen dollars an hour. They're just going to change the price of everything to augment that raise. $5 above the minimum. They have to pay for it, so they can charge you more money for the goods that they're going to sell you. So immediately, you get $15 an hour, and that $15 an hour is immediately going to only go as far as your $10 an hour went. Just going to have a higher number in your bank. See? So you don't want you don't want to have more money. You want the prices of everything to go less. That's how your money is worth more. Do you understand? And how you do that is you hoard your money and don't buy shit. When nobody spends money, everyone lowers the prices on stuff because they're not making any money. They want you, they need you to spend money. If everybody stopped spending money altogether except for the things we had to do, like pay rent and stuff like that, if we did all that, they couldn't do anything. What are they going to do? Kick everybody out of all the houses, everyone? But you can't get everybody 100% willing to buy into that. But right now, they're giving you stimulus money because Americans haven't been spending any money because of COVID. In the beginning, they were. Then they started going, oh, my God, I'm spending all my money on the Internet. So they slowed down and they stopped spending money. So that's like $100 billion that we normally have spent in this fiscal year didn't get spent. So they're like, quick, get them a stimulus package so they have money so they'll just blow money so we can get the economy running again. That's no joke. That's why they're doing it. We don't need it. We don't need it now. The herd immunity is kicking in, and the amount of people that are getting COVID and the amount of people that are dying from it are dropping off to zero. People are still getting it, but nobody's dying. So it doesn't matter anymore. Now it's just a flu bug. They need people to die from it to scare you. If no one's dying from it, but everybody's getting it, they can't scare you, right? There's no death numbers. So they have to have death numbers to scare you, and they have to be lots. That's why they're letting 100,000 people come across the border without being uh, stopped, you know what I mean? And they're letting them loose, even though 10% of them have have the COVID-19, right? They're allowing them to walk into the, knowing they're going to spread that to a bunch of people. Why? They need the, the, to keep this going. They need to keep it going. That's why they're going, well, there's these variants now. Variant. 
I don't know. We're all going to get it. It's going to go right back to where we were. We're going to have to lock down again. It's a flu bug. It's going to be with us forever. Okay? It's a flu bug. That's all it is. That's all it is. Look up all the other flus. Look up what the percentage is, right? And then, But the numbers are way higher, Leo. You're lying. The numbers are way higher. They were, they were fabricated. And, and look that up. You can see that anywhere. The numbers were exaggerated. And then places where they were, uh, some places they were under-exaggerated, Cuomo, governor of New York, because he didn't want to get into trouble because Donald Trump was the president. So he lied about the numbers. Now he got caught. But they don't want you to see that. Look over here. Look over here. There's women that said that he, that he poked them and, and, and grabbed them and groped them. That, I think, was going to come out in and of itself anyway. So I hope they get him for either. I don't care. But you see, I think that they secretly are trying to go, look, we can get him for that, and he won't have to go to jail. Uh, he can just step down and fade off into nothingness. We're trying to give you a bone here, and he's not even taking that bone. So it's now what's going to happen is he's going to it's going to be double uh, dipped. He's going to get he's going to get his ass thrown out because he was he was uh, abusing women, fondling women and trying to rape women and trying to have sex with women against their will, uncomfortably scaring them allegedly. I don't know. I can't commit him. I can't say that it was true because who knows? Maybe like Kavanaugh, all this is going to come out in the wash and they're going to go, oh well, maybe it wasn't him. I was pretty drunk. You know what I mean? So I don't know. But he's in trouble either way. And, and you, you know, at least now people are starting to say we need to listen to these women and have a conversation about this. But on top of that, right, more than 12,000 people were, were died because he did what he did. Did he do that because it was his own idea? Or did he do that because it was an agenda? Because the same thing, weirdly, was being done in Oregon and in Michigan. Right. And it started being done here in California as well. But Gavin Newsom has aspirations to be the president of the United States. So he's done everything the opposite of what all the Democrats did, except for he did do the lockdown thing. And he set up this plan to get you off of being locked down that nobody could ever possibly uh, achieve. I said that when he, when he did that, I'm like, effectively, you, you're making it so that no one can achieve that. You can't achieve a, a number. Basically, everyone has to have zero cases and zero deaths for everybody to open back up. That will never happen. It's a flu bug. He knows that flu bugs don't go away to zero. They just stop counting them in March and don't start counting them again until October. But with coronavirus, they keep counting every day of every year, all the year round, over and over and over. They just keep going. It's the only flu that they keep counting all the time, even though the numbers go up to an acceptable down to almost nil, which is where they are now. They're still pounding that number. Look, there's more. There's more. There's more. There's always going to be more. It's a flu bug. It doesn't ever go away. It mutates to stay alive. So it's so this is going to be like all the other the other seven or eight or ten coronaviruses out there. Look that up, guys. This is not a, a brand new virus. This virus is an offshoot of other viruses that have already been here. You already heard about them. You just heard them by the other name they gave them, H1N1. H3R2 or whatever it was, R2D2, whatever it was, they gave the other names. COVID-19 is co actually called SARS-CoV-2. Wait a minute, what? You guys know what SARS is, right? Yeah. The actual name for COVID-19 is SARS-CoV-2. It's a SARS virus. That is a coronavirus, and they, there's 10 of them. There's actually more now because of the other mutations. It's like 15 of these flu bugs. It's nothing new. This one's just a little bit more infectious. And when you take all of these people who are elderly and have all these diseases already, these problems, these chronic problems, and you stick them all in the same place and stick them in with people that have the disease, they're all going to get it. Come on, let's be serious. And if, you don't, and if you, can't, you don't know that and you're a governor, you don't have that wherewithal within your brain, then that means you're either inept 
right? You're either inept or you're doing it on purpose. There is no, no in between. If you're not intelligent enough to know that, you shouldn't be governor. But you did that. Well, I was just doing what they told me. Who's they? Name names. Who's they? Oh, was that Donald Trump guy? Nope. He never said, take all your old and sick and stick them back in, in the old folks' home and lock them all in there. Never said that. So who's the they that gave you your marching orders? I want to know. Inquiring minds want to know. All right, guys. That, that's my uh, end with a little bit of politics. If I pissed you off, I don't care. Stop listening. I'm here to save the, the you guys just from yourselves, right? I'm here to give you the information that's been taken from you so that you don't think that you're a slave race invented by a slave master race who's, who's your god gene who came here and did that so that you have to be their slave when they show up and say, hi, I'm your god creator. Because that's what they're trying to do, right? Every narrative that's painted that way is, is done that way on purpose because they're trying to get you to believe that. And that is without a doubt not a lie. Okay? All right, guys. Have a great night. I will see you. I will be doing some more news, of course. There's many things to still talk about, so I'll be trying to do that throughout next week. I know I'm not doing a regular day, and I should go back to doing it on Wednesdays. It's just that some things, have, you know, some things happen and life happens, and I haven't had time to stay on a schedule for that. Uh, I want to try and get back on that so you guys know when I'm going to be on so you don't just all of a sudden go, what, what? you were on yesterday? What the hell? Last week it was Tuesday, then it was Thursday, and then it was Wednesday. I apologize for that. I'm trying to stay away from that. That's why I try to do Law of One Friday, 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 Friday. So I'll try to do news, you know, like Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday. I started doing the thing on Tuesday with, with Mandy, but then we haven't been able to get, to get together and do that. So then I started going back to Wednesday. I, had, I missed Wednesday because it was busy and I had stuff going on. My sister came up here this week, so I couldn't do the show. And then I ended up doing it on Thursday. did the same thing this week. I ended up doing it on Thursday. All right, guys. <clears throat> Namaste. You know, share this thing out, right? Share it out. Listen to it. Those of you who listen to it, thank you for listening to it. Those of you who turned me off, it's not for you not here for you i'm not doing this because i'm trying to get a million likes and trying to get dismonetized to where i get paid a billion dollars i'm not i wouldn't be talking about this subject at all or any of these subjects right i'd be doing stupid shit dancing around TikToking, making up some new dance right or falling down and hitting my head or doing something stupid or or talking about pretty girls or cars <clears throat> do the cookie cutter stuff that gets people paid right i'm gonna do a t- critique of this movie right and people love that shit and they'll watch me and i'll get paid for it All right, and I'm going to stay.